We want you to become an honorary gosling. Join us. You'll get exclusive access to conversations and content that would otherwise get us banned from social media. Plus, you'll get free digital downloads of some of our books and selective writings. And check this out. You'll get to participate in our live monthly Discord chat and more if you join our exclusive Patreon following that we like to call The After Party. It only costs $5 a month, which is basically a cup of coffee, and it helps us make the show better. We love you guys and can't wait to see you there. Become an honorary Goslings at patreon.com forward slash the Goslings and sign up today. Yeah. But LGBTQ uh, celebration in children's book, um, you know, normalizing it, normalizing that um, transgender, the the pronouns, the CRT, all that oh. is in is the the promotion and celebration of these things in books, but children's books. And you can go to any Twitter page of any publisher, but especially the editors, you know, and, and see for yourself that these mm -hmm. are what is coming out. And it, it's, it's not same as before. We have talked about this before that maybe for sure 10 years ago, you could have just kept your mouth shut. You know, if you weren't on board with the radical liberal agenda, you could have just kept, your mouth shut and it may have been published, you know, yeah. uh, traditionally, but you would have had to keep your mouth shut about any of your politics, you know, anything like that. You're not getting published. Your YouTube feed is crap. Stop wasting your time watching bot boosted shills and self appointed gurus cloying for your attention. Instead, join the Goslings interview live stream and podcast. The Goslings, a dark lit digital speakeasy of free thinkers, a super chat of radical truth seeking wizards who eat trolls for second breakfast. Topics that'll make your mama's hair stand on end, ideas that'll make your pastor's knees knock, guests that will illuminate the hidden chambers of your mind, and interviews that strike down the darkness. Welcome to the Goslings. Look at how tiny we are. Look how tiny we are. We're tiny little hobbits. We're little people. There we go. <laughs> and there's all three of us. It's the inky, it's the inky black eyed children who are watching. <laughs> Man, I'm tempted to sign up with blurry creatures just to hear that one just episode. to hear that one episode. oh it's gotta be so good yeah interesting i don't know uh what that what's up with that thing that's weird oh well <laughs> we roll with it. ah there we go okay now we're on now we are ready to roll <laughs> sorry everyone technical difficulties please stand by um i'm jonathan <laughs> i'm nick and we are the goslings and we are joined today by the beautiful lovely talented wife mother the entrepreneur of middle grade fiction, the J.K. Rowling of the American side of the pond, I would say. Especially the self-published world. Uh-huh. Yep. The awesome Jay Reese Bradley. What's up, up for Jay? Jay Reese Bradley? Hey, that was great. That was the best intro I've ever had. <laughs> and I've also never been live. So. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Probably awesome. the only intro I've ever had. Well, right. that too. Yes, that's kind of that's kind of how I angle it, you know, so that it's the only one. Therefore, it's going to be the best one, you know, until the next one rolls around. <laughs> well done. Well done. So, uh, okay. Well, uh, welcome everyone. Um, we are going to go ahead and do the toast real quick. So lift up your mugs or 
for your glasses with your libations, and I will start and everyone else will follow. Take up the broken sword of your father and strike down the darkness. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Ooh. We're drinking Dominican rum today, which is a little bit different than our usual bourbon flare. So there was a bit of a time crunch issue, and I had to requisition right. some stuff <laughs> we from making some last second maneuvers. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. maneuvers. Minus, yeah, yeah, some very, very last minute uh, detailing. Um, it's not that bad, actually. It's pretty good. It's, it's not. Bad. It's not bourbon. It was given to me uh, by a friend who is borrowing my jeep right now so uh that's a nice yeah. gift that's a nice gift uh, what sure. i really want to know is what is jay reese bradley drinking in yes. that glass i am drinking uh a white wine it's south african it's called wisdom points and i got nice. it from the first leaf wine club that ah. i've been very happy with i heard about it on um i think it oh i think it was blake the blaze oh, um what is that one with um stew and yeah you know that's the blaze about? yeah yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah the that's blaze. glenn beck's yeah. network yeah 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 slightly offensive is on that network i think uh sav uh is on that network there are a bunch of cool podcasts and youtube oh, yeah. channels yeah. on the blaze yeah yeah, yeah. what well, was their ad uh, rabbi right. daniel lappin's on there no. sorry i didn't mean to step no. on that say that again no it was nothing uh, no i was just saying it was their ad like ads work sometimes you know because oh, they yeah, were yeah, talking yeah. about it and i'm like i'll i'll <laughs> <laughs> it gives you it gives you hope whenever you decide to run an ad because you're like you know what okay fine like ads they clearly worked on me so maybe if i do an ad it'll work on somebody else at some yeah point. i know. You know they don't work yeah. anymore but. and i love that there, there are these huge there's these new you know independent networks like daily wire mm -hmm. like the blaze and so forth that are rising up and giving a platform to people who are you know basically on the non-book side of things yeah so they can run ads and they can sell their their, their stuff. they don't have to just be you know an author or a television personality or you know you know a radio host or whatever but it allows you know other people to run ads and sell their product too which i think is fantastic and we can probably talk about that more um, before we get on into all that i want to talk about you as a self-published writer and your series the brumble tide series yeah uh how did it where did this come from tell us a little bit about the book one that my daughter and i are actually halfway through well we just we're about five chapters in right now uh but tell us about where the story came from and what inspired you to to begin this whole writing journey Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Good question. Uh, uh, my, okay. My friend Meg Latoura said once that um, talking about your books is like talking <laughs> about your underwear. And I found that to be true. You know, <laughs> you feel like that? Yeah. It's like, yeah. it can be awkward. It does. It's yeah. like, like how much personal. do you really want to know? You right. know, do you want to know what kind I choose or do you want to know how I wash it or do you like, have <laughs> That's how deep you want to go here. Yeah, how many sure. do you have? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But, um, okay, well, I wrote Daughter of Eve, the first one, Rumble Time, the Daughter of Eve. That was back in, I started it 2017 or 18. 20, it had 2017. Um, and I had just um been through like the worst time of my life with um postpartum depression and anxiety like fell off the deep end crazy and um pretty much so let's just go ahead and start this interview with oversharing but for, for <laughs> yes please that's what we're here for like, 
pretty much most of my life, I was like plagued, like plagued by OCD, like bad. And um, for, for like 20 year stretch, it was like, I mean, unable to get through the day with bulimia. And then um, when I had my kids, um, my obsessions kind of like switched all this time, not knowing that I have OCD. Okay. Um, oh, I'm just wow. thinking I'm nuts. Um, and I am, but, <laughs> but once I had my kids, uh, I, I started getting really afraid that something was going to happen to them, you know? Um, mm. and it was my son. Like I was really, really worried that he was going to die and it was ruled my day. Mm. Um, and if you don't know anything about OCD, it's um, this intense fear response to thoughts we all have all the time. Mm -hmm. This has to do with what you asked me, I promise, okay? Yeah. But okay. so like if two people are waiting on a train and one person has OCD and the other doesn't, um, everybody, all of us have this weird thought, like what if I just jumped in front of that train, okay? Mm -hmm. All of us say stuff like that. But while the normal person can just move on with their day, there's this misfiring in the brain with the person with OCD and they start thinking they will jump in front of the train. And it's like, huh? I mean, paralyzing mm. fear. And so they start yeah. doing the, they're called compulsions um, to try to, to try to get rid of this, this paralyzing fear. Um, and it just keeps getting worse and worse because when you engage in the compulsions, they take care of that fear for a little bit, but then it just makes it grow. So sets up a feedback loop. It, it was crazy. So, so after 20 years of not knowing I had this, dropping out of school, I dropped out of school, couldn't focus on anything. Um, you know, a failed marriage, just, it was awful, you know? I mean, when I turned <laughs> right. 30, I was like, I'm so thankful for a new decade. This is so wonderful because <laughs> it's yeah. so horrible. But I had, anyway, the, the flare-ups, the OCD flare-ups happen with trauma um, and hormonal change and big life changes. So when I had my kids, that was hormonal changes. And I just fell off the deep end when I had my daughter, my second one, my second child. Anyway, so I was like seeing visions <laughs> and all this crazy wow, stuff. Wow, that's intense. It was crazy. And I was so, so self-consumed with something happening to my son um that i started having all these physical i couldn't do anything you know, because i was having all this physical anxiety symptoms so like um aches, feeling like i'm gonna pass out all the time couldn't drive all this it was just awful anyway it was god drawing me into himself okay because um during that time i had a dream that i thought was gonna come true okay about yeah. what i thought was something happening to ryan and um, I was just obsessed with finding out if God still talks to us through dreams. And so I obsessively listened to sermons and, you know, devotionals, all of these things. I had never once read the Bible, like was way too lazy to do that. And it was too overwhelming for me. And so, <laughs> so I wasn't going to do that, but I obsessed over sermons and devotionals couldn't find any relief um and then as a last resort i'm like i'm just going to read the whole bible i'm going to read the whole thing and see wow 
because God still speaks through through visions. So I open Genesis and read the whole Old Testament feeling so much worse. I mean, way worse because what I had previously thought was, you know, just something bad going to happen. Now I'm realizing God's revealing to me all of my sin through the Old Testament, you know, and I'm realizing if something bad happens to me, I totally deserve for it to happen. Now I know this. And, um, and God just worked it out because he took me through that. I read the Old Testament. He revealed my sin to me. Um, and then right after that, I went to therapy. I got the best counselor. I got a medication, um, understood what OCD was, learned how that worked. Um, and, and right after, you know, just kind of getting help, I'm in the new Testament and there's Jesus. And I'm like, this is the gospel. <laughs> this is what it's all about. And I've been yeah, calling yep, yep. Christian for decades, you know, um, mm. you know, praying for God to bless my plans, you know, going to church, um, you know, just calling myself a Christian, but I, there was no, no fruit that I was actually a Christian and the gospel. I didn't understand that we're born in sin nature and that Christ died. His death and resurrection is our payment so that we don't experience God's wrath. And just once that was in my heart, it changed everything. God just lifted every, all of that 20 year plague was gone. Um, And I mean, I truly am a new creation. And because of that, because it was it was just so amazing um and i realized i had called myself a christian for that long without really being one uh, that is what led to Brumbletide. sorry interesting that was a long way of getting okay. there. But, but what Brumbletide is it is um a whole facade of people um gathered together you know missing the whole point so um that's what I need to write it um and now but do you have any questions about that i'm so sorry no that uh that sounds like a lot of people's experiences well so there is something Um, in between there is something between your experience and coming to faith in christ and becoming a new creature and then writing the book was there did you hear a voice or what was it that said there a dream when did you realize i actually need to write this story down what happened yeah, um, it, uh, I had read the Harry Potter series again. Um, I had read the Harry Potter series at 19 years old. And when I was so terrified, you know, that time of just um, just being so afraid that something terrible was going to happen, you know? And even um, in just the pruning and all that from the Lord, um, I just loved that series so much because it was just an escape. It was so good. It was such an escape. And um, I just found so much comfort in it. So I, I read J.K. Rowling's um, Harry Potter, then Inkheart. You know that series? I have, I don't, and, I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, it's, it's another one. I, I love the, the middle grade fantasy. I don't okay, know why. Cool. I don't know if it's because I am a child. <laughs> but I loved They were such <laughs> a mental escape for me. And, um, and so I had always written I'd always written since I was a kid and I loved when people read them because uh we had I had a second grade teacher that we were doing onomatopoeia and we all had to write a poem 
And she chose a few <laughs> of the class to write their poem on this huge sheet of paper. And she put them on the wall and read them. And I was like, I'm a star. I want people to read my stuff. <laughs> that was so, your calling. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, but through all that, after reading that, I just had this vision of Lenore um, in the book telling someone because um, my, my protagonist is now a, a girl, but I thought it was going to be a boy. But she was saying, she was telling whoever it was. She was in the throne room and she was telling them, we're all royals here, you know? And I was, I just saw that vision so clearly and, and it just started there. And so I sat down, I remember I was so terrified when Ryan went to school. Um, and, and there's this thing called exposure response therapy, um, mm -hmm. ERP. And what it is when you have OCD, it's facing your fears basically. So yep. um, like there's different kinds of OCD. Some people have contamination OCD where, you know, they have to be clean and, and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so mm -hmm. exposure therapy for them would be washing their hands. All Well, it would, it, exposure therapy for them would be touching a toilet, dirt, you know, yep. Yep. <laughs> um, something like that. Or people go to cemeteries and like, you know, just like expect death. It's just that kind of thing. Anyway. So I wrote this one scene that ended up not even being in the series, but um, about, um, no, it was, it was the vision. It was the vision. Anyway, that's what spawned it on. And it, that's what spawned the whole thing. I wrote that one scene. I don't even remember what it was, but um, that's when I, I just set aside that time that when Anna, my daughter would take a nap, I would write the whole time. Um, and yeah, I wrote nice. the book. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. How long did it take you to write it? Uh, nine months, about nine months. Okay. And I wrote okay. the whole thing and then it got rejected a million times. I, okay. At first it was called Godspeed. It was called Godspeed. It had a whole different oh. cast and um, I wrote the whole thing, but I didn't know how to write. I wasn't a good writer at all. <laughs> and um, so I submitted it to agent and it got rejected a million times. So I rewrote the whole thing and I changed all the names and, and, Oh, and now Pippin is a, a stack because I had read the um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the whole mm -hmm. Narnia series, and I was like, "Wait a minute, this white stag is something." And so it used to be a horse, but now the Aslan type. Nobody knows what the book's about, but there's an Aslan type uh -huh. <laughs> cool. character, yeah, and and it's Pippin in my book, and it's a a white stag, which is oh, in. Awesome. Chapter 14 of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Right. Yeah. Um, how do you... So you have a life. It's not like you're 70 years old and retired on the beach and just hanging out. Like, you're you're a wife, you're a mom. Like, how do you balance all of that with being an author? You just have to set aside the time. Um, because we all have... We all do things that we want to do. If you want to yeah. do it, you're going to do it. You know, yep. because we'll sit on social media all day. We'll, you know, we'll watch our shows, you know. Um, so there's time. No matter yeah. what you have going, there's time to do it. Um, yeah. You just have to set aside the time. Um, and so for, for book one, it was Anna's nap. And then um, book two, I pretty much wrote it with children hanging from me. 
you know? <laughs> that's that's impressive. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I remember Anna just strapped to my back, you know? But then yeah. um, and then both three, they were in school. It was like easy, you know, when they went to school. Right. Just yep. it was yep. easy then. But I mean, Nick. Five o'clock in the morning. At I had to do it. I had to do it before anyone woke up. How do you think? So, like, how do you? Coffee. Yes. Coffee. It's it's a miracle. Simple. Yeah, just and and getting to, really, it was like yeah, during that time. I mean, the the first, you know, the five books of the Travis League series were all written between five and eight a.m. Most of it at Starbucks. Uh, and then when that was, you know, I would do that and then go off to work and have the rest of my day. But wow. yeah. in the evening, there's no way this, you know, there's right. family stuff yeah. to do. You can't do it on a one hour lunch break. Yeah. Uh, there's not enough time to really get in the flow of writing and create anything. You have to have large chunks of time. And I didn't have large chunks of time. So I had to make them at the beginning of the day before everything started. It also meant I had to get in bed really early, which was, you know, pretty difficult to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. had to get up at 430 start writing a five and uh, poison my liver with too much coffee yes, you know? that's the way it goes. and my wreck my nervous system. And at least I have something to show for it. <laughs> yes. You have something to show for it. I exactly. do. I do. And it's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's so I good. That. I appreciate that. I know we're here from me, but if you guys have not read Henry Half Moon, <laughs> I'm not kidding. This book is so good. And if Shannon's on this live stream, this is the book I was telling you about. Henry Halfman, you have to read it. I'm sorry. Will you do me a favor and just tell everybody, because they're not going to believe it for me. <laughs> Would you just tell them that I did not ask you to do that just now? He didn't ask me to do it, but I, I am going, I'm going to, I will not rest until this book is successful. Because <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. I'm not. <laughs> Jay Reese Bradley is not a paid promoter uh, on behalf of Nick Goss or <laughs> the Gosslings, but not we will all. take it. <laughs> In fact, I think I annoy you guys. I mean, seriously. I told you my pastor said I torment him. Yeah, good. Uh, your your, your, yeah. your friend said, uh, I believe this is your friend that you just referenced. She said that uh, she is on, yeah. and uh, she said she's going to read it, too. Uh, going to hold you to that. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I And I, I, well, I hope, I hope. It's I'm glad that you enjoyed it, and I hope uh, she does as well. And that kind of, like, you're so good at just, talking about how much you enjoyed something and getting you can I, like for me it's really really hard to just put my face on camera and say this is a fantastic book that i just created you really <laughs> need to read this and just buy yes. it right now i can't for some reason i struggle to do that you're so good at it um well yeah that's why we gotta that's what we're gonna talk about this obviously in our chat but um that's why we have to support each other you know good self-published books you know, anybody can self-publish a book. So there's lots of horrible ones. Yeah. So the ones that you find sure. that are, they really are diamonds. They, they're, they're hidden gems because, yeah. you know, not only are they not getting published in, in traditional publishing, you're not going to find them in bookstores or book fairs or right. the library. You're not going to find them unless you literally go to the library and give them your book, which I mm -hmm. hope that you did. Even then, you have to have a traditional ISBN uh, in order to like you can't just utilize Amazon's ISBN. You have to go through. You have to pay for a traditional ISBN. 
then you can take it. And I even then, I don't know if they'll take it without it being uh, done through a traditional publisher or not. Uh, there is like a benchmark, at least for our library here. Um, so library. yeah, they're just the gatekeepers are everywhere, you know. Oh, gotcha. My library is awesome. They took yeah, my book, and they're so lovely. That's awesome. They're so That's wonderful. awesome. They're just I I got some pushback from my local library. They didn't want to. They didn't. They they said I can't remember several years ago, but they said no. We don't support self-published authors. That's so much crap, isn't it? I'm like, what but if they're local? We... What about this whole support local? Right. You know. Yeah. That's crazy. But that's why we have to promote one another and you have, and we have to get over it and promote ourselves too. Okay. Because and it's not just think of it this way. It's not just for you. It's yeah. for conservatives, Christians, just anybody. Mm -hmm. If you're not against us, you're for us. Right. It's for that, bringing that up, mm -hmm. giving a rise to that. And for the future generations. You know, yeah. because as, as of now, they're not getting any Lewis. They're not getting any Tolkien. And there are Lewis's and Tolkien in this day and age. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's not a friendly environment unless you're down for the clown, down mm. for clown world. Yeah, it's true. If you're, if you're down for the clown, then you're you're yeah. good to go. Yeah. But if you're not, then, man, the chips are stacked against you. And, and it's so it has been like we had talked about you know there is an inversion that has taken place of where we are kind of on the fringe and the outskirts and you have to market yourself a lot harder you have to promote yourself a lot harder and you you have to either play your cards very carefully or throw yourself out there with reckless abandon being willing to watch it all burn down in front of you whatever you've built yep. you know because like it's just you know the beast system. It's it's a leviathan, and leviathan smiles. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, like that was that was one of the questions that uh, that I kind of wanted to ask you. There are, you know, there are a lot of things that. Um, full disclosure for everyone, like we became we all three kind of or we became friends with Jay Reese through um, really Instagram, I guess it was because. Uh, I think Nick, you just like uh, you found the Travelers League series, I guess, and then just started like making yeah. reviews and posts. How did you find out about the Travelers League? It all started with Teddy Roosevelt. Yep. Do you remember? <laughs> That's yep. awesome. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> really? something about yeah, something about her making a post about who's your favorite president or yes. something that. And I said, well, I said was it on was Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, yep. Yeah, yeah, I checked cool. out a book about Teddy Roosevelt at the library, and you know because of that 20 year, you know, plague is what I call it. Just being so, so plagued with OCD. I've yep. really only been alive for six years, like really living. And so yep. I'm not educated and I'm not um, like, I'm just now reading all the classics and all the greats. I just read 1984, not too long ago. And oh, it was nice. so good. Oh my yeah. gosh. Scary. Um, very to read it, to read it now, it's scary. It's wild. Um, but, but yeah, I, um, I'm just learning all this stuff, you know, cause I dropped out of school, you know, I don't know <laughs> stuff. like I'm reading your book, Jonathan, oh, it's yeah. so good, but some of your vocabulary, I'm having to like, Google so much stuff because I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. You know so many <laughs> sorry, words. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it makes you feel any better, the first draft of Empyrean Falling was almost 1150 pages long. So like, yeah, it, I took a lot of cues from Stephen Pressfield who used a lot of words that drove me to the dictionary. 
and I kind of like yeah. it was intentional, but also like it's a big stumbling block for a lot of people because a lot of people that's that's one of the great things about middle grade fiction is it's so accessible to everybody. Yeah. So like whether it's Travelers League or whether it's Harry Potter or the Brumble Tide series, uh, which I want to get into why it's now a three book series as opposed to just one, because uh, that is that's a major shift a lot of times for a lot of people but like middle grade fiction is so cool and henry half moon even though henry half moon's young adult like it's still kind of i think falls in that category of being accessible by a lot of people for for adults i would consider that like casual reading you know like you're not gonna have to do that you have to do that with the heavenly realms novels because like they're all wordy and you know they're all like you know kind of like inaccessible or a little esoteric, you know, but like Brumside and Travelers League, Henry Half Moon, all that stuff, whether it's young adult or middle grade, like it's just everybody can just pick it up. Like one time I was waiting for Cameron, our youngest brother, to get ready. And this was like 2003, 2004. And I sat down, I was I was in the living room and I sat down and there were like the Harry Potter books and I'd never read the Harry Potter books, right? So like I just sat there and I picked up, you know, the first Harry Potter book, The Sorcerer's Stone. Just was like, all right, whatever. I've seen the movies. Like, you know, I'm waiting on Cameron. He's always late for everything. Next thing I knew, like 15 minutes had gone by and I'd read like four chapters. Yeah, <laughs> like it just, right. you know, yeah. so like I get yeah, why well. middle grade fiction is so is so accessible to, to yeah. even adults, you know? Yes. Um, was it a conscious choice for you to go with middle grade fiction or was it just something you naturally fell into? Yes. Uh, yeah, it was a conscious choice and I just naturally fell into it because I loved Harry Potter so much. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I just loved it. I became part of the hmm. wiz wizarding world, you know, as a <laughs> yep. the chestnut pony. I'm a Grif how Gryffindor. Have you guys yeah, done that? Yeah, Gryffindor, baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Ravenclaw here. Ravenclaw. Raven, yeah, Nick's totally Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. Boring Ravenclaw. Yeah. Oh, Ravenclaw. Wait, who is who uh was Luna Lovegood Ravenclaw? Yeah. Who was she? Yes. See, yes. Luna Lovegood more than makes yes. up for it. Like yeah. I, I had a big crush on Luna Lovegood. <laughs> That's like my jam. Yeah, <laughs> my wife is also a Ravenclaw though, so I'm happy. <laughs> What'd you say, Jim? Rayana Rayana's a Ravenclaw. Oh, she oh, yeah. seems like a, ra a Ravenclaw for yeah, sure. Yeah, she's she's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah, Rihanna's she's amazing. I love following yeah. her. I can't wait she to talk about the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. We put we put Jay Reese and and uh, Rihanna in a room together. Those two little spark plugs will just be like be like Tesla coils, just <laughs> yes. Tesla coils. You know? okay. yeah. be awesome. You vibrate apart. Yeah. You know, whole she actually, empires. She actually <laughs> made a she actually made a comment about Henry Half Moon. Uh, uh, we went to New York for her fortieth birthday. Oh yeah. And uh, while we were there, that's where we did all the re the, the whole book takes place in Manhattan. The whole story takes place in Manhattan. Yeah. Manhattan. So we were, you know, uh, doing our research there, you know, gathering names and sites and things. I wanted to be very detailed about, you know, the setting. But there was a very strange spiritual darkness, kind of an oppressive. Oh. Almost like Ghostbusters 2 secret, you it know. Was, it was, you could feel it. It was palpable, ooze. especially over in the, uh, oh, what do you call it? The, over in the village. Yeah. Uh, where the NYU campus is. Yeah. 
it was it was oppressive. You could you could feel it. Yeah. And I'm and air. I'm not like super spiritually sensitive or anything. Yeah, Nick's not like that. He's not that charismatic guy of like, oh, there's weird energy here. But there have been times. <laughs> yeah. There have been times. I could feel it there. Yeah. yeah. There are some places that just there was one that. time when we were you remember uh, when we were younger and we went to that studio in Atlanta with yeah. mom and dad? It's actually on Monty it's at Chattanooga on um, oh, is it really on, uh, on Mon Eagle? Mon Eagle, yeah. No way. Yeah. I no, thought not it was Mon Eagle, in... uh, the one that overlooks Chattanooga. Oh, okay, I don't know. What, what studio? Yeah. Look out, Mountain. Look out, Mountain. Look out, Mountain. It's called Prism. Prism Records. Yeah, and that was the guy who, if I remember correctly, he had like a pyramid in his backyard. Yeah, yeah, he built this weird pyramid. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah, and Nick, I remember I was like probably seven or well, maybe nine or ten, and Nick was like fifteen, you know, and and like we both he especially but we both felt creeped out in that place so like yeah those places you know they exist yeah but yeah. they did i think well in that trip to new york is kind of is that what inspired you to do henry half moon or did that dovetail into it it dovetailed into it okay because i had already decided that i wanted to write henry half moon yeah yeah but uh, and you went for her birthday yeah we went right? for her birthday yeah you went for Rihanna's yeah. birthday. So thanks for being born, Rihanna. Otherwise, there would be no Henry Half Moon. So. <laughs> it's right. so good, though. She's like, but, great. Yeah. But, but when do you want to talk about that, though? Because it's, it's, as far as self-published books, this book, anybody could, I mean, anybody who loves Stranger Things, you know, can yeah, pick it up yeah. and enjoy this book. Yeah. It points straight to Christ. In the, yep. in the craziest way. Because I was reading it. I started getting freaked out, you know, like through it, you know? <laughs> like I was like, I love Jesus. Because, <laughs> because it goes into like, I love all Jesus. Where are you, Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Because it starts Please going into hang out with me while I read this creep book. Other stuff. And I'm like, is this, like, what is this? You know? Um, and I can see how like a lot of Christians are going to think like, this is not something for my kids. But it is. Because it all it comes back to Christ. And it's well, and the so thing is, good. Well, and those kids, you know, those are the same kids who are watching Supernatural on TV, yeah. you know, and that show for sure does not point to Christ. So, like, if you're, you know, if your kids are watching, like, you know, Supernatural or Spiritual-esque TV shows, then your kids can read Henry Half Moon. You yeah, know? And for like, sure. And we're going to trust our kids. First of all, you yeah. know, okay, this is a rant. Do we even want to do this right now? <laughs> do it. I know you guys are supposed Let's to do it. it. I told you to chase rabbits. Go. If there's rabbits, That's fine. Gonna... do it. Okay. So I have I have issues with both sides. You know, I, I have issues with the liberal traditional publishing world. Okay. Yeah. But then I have issues with conservative Christians, you know, because yeah. if you ex if you if you have such a problem with all of this that's available for your child right now. It's woke. Yeah. Okay. What else is there for them? What else is there? Right. And yeah. when you talk to people like uh, Gary Wayne or Derek Gilbert or like these guys who are, or, or if you go on like uh, one, my, one of my favorite YouTube channels, probably Alexandria, uh, if you are probably Alexandra, that's her, that's what it is. Uh, if you listen to any of these people who have a deep behind the scenes understanding of esoterica and all of the the uh, esoteric messaging that's going on there's like nothing there's nothing in mainstream that hasn't either that doesn't come from a tainted place or hasn't been co-opted you know sure. by satanists yeah. or luciferianism and so yeah like yeah just like he's saying like where else are you gonna <laughs> i don't think they'd even allow here. narnia or like if if lewis wrote narnia today or right. tolkien wrote lord of the rings today i don't think they'd allow it 
I don't think yeah. it would be allowed. You know, it wouldn't be it'd published. be too weird, too spirit, like too magical. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, and that's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. What's um, some of the problems that like I ran into with um, on the back end with Heavenly Realms is that like people would tell me, you know, well, it's not like I had a guy. The comments aren't there anymore, but uh, and it, not for me, like I didn't say anything about it. They just weren't there after a day or two. But on our Derek Gilbert interview a View from the Bunker, when he interviewed us, there was this guy on there who um, was really mad at me about uh about like how Michael in the series is, you know, not like a winner all the time, you know, or he was mad at me about like how I made, you know, the Archangels brothers, you know, and all the stuff. And it's like, you know, it, it, you get to a weird place where like, if you try to please people, you can't please anybody. Right. You know, oh, and it's sure, like, yeah. you just have to tell some of these people like ease down Ripley. Yeah. You know, because... like it's a, it's a story like fictional characters. Yeah. Fictional yeah. characters, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, like, but you know, what's that, the message? You know, whether you're traditionally published or self-published, if you're going to write something to be read, you've got yeah. to be strong and courageous because people are gonna hate it you know i mean yeah, it, yeah. people love to hate <laughs> you know and they, they love, do they're it's not gonna addictive write a book themselves they're not gonna write a book, right you know? isn't right. that the best no. though when you like say you've yeah. written a book and people are like i'm gonna write a book yeah oh i get that okay. a lot like I'm gonna sure write a book yeah like, okay, okay go for it yeah, I'll see you in 10 years when you type yeah, the sure end. You will. No, I always, you know. I get the, uh, hey, I've got a great idea for a book. You know what you should write? That's what they say. <laughs> yeah. I got a great idea for a book for you to do all the work on. Yeah, do, you do all the, uh, that's why, like, I don't Stephen, have time to write your story idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to write your crap, you know? Well, no. Stephen Pressfield has such a great uh, response to, to that, too. Stuff. Yeah, I don't even want to write my crap. Why would I want to write your crap? Uh, Stephen Pressfield, I asked, uh, or I think Nick asked him that question in one of our interviews. And uh, he says, my response is always the same. Like, maybe you're the one who should write that book. You know, yeah. maybe you if you are you asking me to write a book about something, maybe you should go write that mm -hmm. book instead, mm -hmm. you know, and and that does a yeah. twofold thing. One, it gets it gets, you know, that off your theoretical plate so that you don't have to deal with it. But also, like, if that person has that idea, you know, the muse is scratching at that person's brain, you know, mm -hmm. for a reason. So maybe they're the ones to pick up that mantle. Don't refuse to call people. Take up the mantle, you know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, like, uh, did we ever find out what Rayana was talking about with, uh, with the thing? She had made a comment about uh, the thing, something that your mom had said. Oh yeah, about uh, um, about Henry Halfman in New yeah. York. Yeah, and, and I kind of touched stuff. on this earlier. You know, we kind of chatted about this, but. Uh, with Henry Half Moon, we um, went to New York. Oh, I do. I gathered all the information. We came home, and I was finishing the book. Yeah. Published it. And I was trying to explain to my mom what this is about. And, she's, and she said something to – I can't remember if she had a dream or something, but uh, she said something about the Half Moon and New York. Like there was some sort of connection that I needed to Google. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So I Googled, you know, Manhattan. Manhattan was founded by a guy named Henry Hudson. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's weird. Hudson River. That makes yeah. sense. Okay, yeah. In 1609. That weird. And when he sailed <laughs> up the river and, and, and discovered, as Europeans do, uh, Manhattan, the, his ship was called the Half Moon. So wild. Henry 
on the half moon yeah. discovered Manhattan. My mom was like, it was weird. I saw it and I felt just Google it. This is after I had published yeah. the story right. about a wild. boy named Henry in in Manhattan. Yeah. Named Henry Half Moon. Yeah. Oh my it was God. it blew my mind. I got yeah, I got chills. I got so what is the backstory right with half moon? Like, is there any you want to know what it is? It's funny. I'll tell you what it is. It, I'll tell you what it is. So like with the timepiece, when my son and I were creating it, when we very first started, the kid's name wasn't Hoops. Oh, yeah. It was Farts McGee. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I know. And we changed it. Typical boy in his, his to Hoops. And we changed it to Hoops. It was a little right. friendly, a little better, right? So with Henry Half Moon, it wasn't Henry Half Moon originally. It was Harry Half Moon. I'm like, mm, no. I was like, I, I had in originally the kid in my head, is, yeah, right. And, and I like the idea of the half moon, the phase of the moon crossing over at certain points yeah. in the other dimension. I'm like Harry Half Moon. I'm like that sounds like a bad plumber joke. Yeah, you know. So I'm Forrest McGee to, to just, Harry Half Moon. And so I'm yeah, seeing the logic yeah, train here. And Harry Half Moon. That sounds so stupid. So I'm like, I'll change it to Henry. I like the name Henry. It's the more proper form of Harry. Yeah. I'll just change yeah. to Henry. Henry Half Moon. That sounds good. Let's go with that. Yeah. Plus Harry, Harry Potter, like you didn't want to have too much of a crossover, right. you know, True, or, yeah. you know, like, there is, you kind of want to avoid. Yep. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. And then to find out after all that writing and publishing everything, it, it was actually a thing. So wild. <laughs> I know. But yeah. The, and of course I assign meaning to it that I'm like, this is supposed to draw attention to the demons in, in Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm still torn up about. I'm, I'm gonna spoil. I'm gonna spoil. <laughs> but <laughs> the death scene in this book is yep, like yeah. so much worse than TV. Like, yeah, going through that yes. was so difficult. It, it was going through. Henry said, "I just spoiled it." <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was such, do it. It was such a mix of horror and ecstasy because because when you're like this is so awful and i didn't want it to happen didn't want it to mm -hmm. happen i thought he's not gonna do this um but then the whole time i'm like this is brilliant writing <laughs> thank you <laughs> it was thank brilliant you. oh but the whole thing the whole thing is so good i mean just every page my purse so i have um by the way that's not how the book ends it's not necessarily a spoiler but it is an important development of the plot yeah. that enables yeah. the ending to happen yeah you've got so something that has that. to happen right so. because it says this is the first book in a family of french mythology you i have know to write the others i know and i need you to write the others okay <laughs> see gotcha 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 it was gotcha. so good. Well, that's kind of how uh, that's kind of how we got plugged into you is you found, I guess you guys got connected on Instagram from the Teddy Roosevelt Teddy post, right. and then right. you, I guess you found out about the Travels League, and then uh, did a review, like a multi uh, multi entry Instagram review mm -hmm. of uh, the timepiece. Is that right? Yes. Um, yeah. So he commented on, "I like Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt too." That's all he said. And so I go to um, <laughs> his page and I see I write books for middle grade readers. So I'm like, well, where are they? Because you don't have them anywhere. 
<laughs> on, your, on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I'm not Whoops. good at this thing. And that's another thing we wanted to talk about, like promotion yes. and just, I, you know, I'm the, just, I suck at that. There's nowhere to get found. So I click on, he does have his um, link in the bio for nickgoss.com. So I go there mm -hmm. and I see all the different colored. Yeah. Uh, those covers. Cover. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. And I'm like, there's eight middle grade because middle grade fantasy self-published is hard to, it's hard to come by, you know, really? there's not a lot of people doing it. Really? So I was They're like, too scared. I'm going to take And wow. it looks like, they look like the covers of the Harry Potter eBooks. They're similar, you know? Oh, cool. Which, oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Vector imaging and so forth. I know what you're talking about. So this. good. So I was like, I'm going to take a shot. So I get, and um, that wasn't I, intentional. I wasn't trying to copy anything that Harry Potter was doing uh, when we were going through different designs of possible covers for the books. I had a bunch of them, and actually, I Rihanna and I looked at them together, and she was saying, "Well, as a as a mom of middle graders, I think this looks really good. Yeah. I think you should go she this direction." Yeah, she's yeah. so smart. Yeah, yeah, because they're so eye catching. They're yeah. so yeah. eye catching, and um, I was like, I, I'm going to take a shot, you know, because that's what you're doing when you take a shot on a self-published book. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes. For sure. So uh -huh. I yeah. got it. And I just kept getting so excited as I was reading it because I'm like, it's <laughs> so good. It's so engaging, you know? It's... <laughs> and then he's a conservative Christian author. Yeah. Jim, like, <laughs> Jackpot. so I just started, like, then I got each book, you know, and it was just so good. And so I was like, I told Jason, every Friday we sit out in the garage and have drinks. And I was like, I have cool. found an author and I am going, I'm making it my mission <laughs> to make them su succeed. This is all from somebody who's not that successful. <laughs> That's <laughs> so all right. They're so good. I love the whole series, obviously. And then um, I just came up with the idea to um, talk about them on Instagram. And then I've always had YouTube, but um, you guys gave me yeah. the idea to start doing the indie author uh, I'm just going to start a, a reformation just like yes. Martin. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Martin Luther dead. That's great. So yeah. with, with books and it's going to start with the timepiece. And so anyway, I have this whole vision. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and you're going to do live stream, right? You're going to awesome. do a live stream on YouTube. Yep. Cause I don't know it. To, I don't know how to do it. I'm just going to do everything you tell me to because okay. <laughs> I don't know how to do anything else. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. And I figure that's probably the easiest thing to do. Not easiest, but like you just do it and then there it is. You know? You don't yeah. have to like yeah. edit a bunch. So anyway. not if you do a live stream. No, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty easy to rip the audio off and you know, just from that from the video and just plug that in for a podcast. I'm no. not a master at knowing how to feed the YouTube algorithm by any stretch of the imagination. That's I don't know a little any tougher. of that stuff. Um, but yeah. as far as just putting a live stream on there, yeah, I can I can help you. I yeah. can show you how to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited about that. You yeah, gotta have I'm official excited. name. You need like branding for your movement and you need to like like I have it. it needs to like crystallize. It's a, it's a very unique name called J. Reese Bradley. Okay. Yes. There you go. And, <laughs> and right up, have you right up as my here. first guest. And then you. You're my first guest, then you, and then yep. your lovely wife who's on the yep. chat, I see her. Yep. Um yep. Yeah. and you again for your kids thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Podcast that we're doing. We want to talk about this uh, new podcast venture we're going on. It's a podcast just for kids. Uh, you know, just like the Travelers League series, 
that came from ideas from my kids. And now we're doing a podcast and every episode is from a submission a story that some other child wrote and yeah. sent to us to read and uh, perform. Have you shown so Jay your, uh, your bust? Back oh here? yeah, no. Just to show this, this just was, to prove this that was in January. Was not kidding. In January, my yeah. my good friend Jim Pal, yeah, Tiki uh, Jim, for my birthday this past January, knows my affinity for, for Teddy Roosevelt and bought this bronze bust of the man himself. That's fantastic. That Teddy Roosevelt. It That's technically, so good. technically, it's a graven yeah. image. <laughs> right. No. But but no, I but I didn't it. I didn't create it. Because if I remember the commandment, it's you shall not make for yourself right. any graven images right, and you yeah. shall not bow down the to them. Those are the image. exact words of the law. I did not make this, nor do I bow down to it. But it is cool. <laughs> it's it is cool. cool. Yeah. And he was a cool <laughs> guy. That whole boxing yeah. thing, like being president and like fighting. There was a oh, great yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. there's a great TV movie that was made about him uh, right after Tom Berenger played him. Um right after he played Long Street in Gettysburg, like the early to mid 90s. And uh, I think it was it just called uh, Teddy Roosevelt and the Roughnecks or maybe just the Rough, Rough Riders. Rough Riders. That's yep. what it was. The yep. Rough Riders. Uh, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And it, it's like free on YouTube because it's like 20 years old at this point. Or oh, 30 yeah, years old. It, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're into Teddy Roosevelt, you should totally uh, check it out. Um, Jay, I want to talk about. Uh, we're going to take a quick intermission here, probably in what, five, 10 minutes, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but before I do, we still have a ton of questions about Brumbletide. Uh, I want to ask where the name Brumbletide came from. I want to ask like what the themes of the books are. I want to ask all that stuff. But I really want to know, as someone who has, you know, along with Nick, also written a series of fiction, what is it that did you always plan on having this be a multi-book series or did this start out as Brumbletide and the Daughters of and the Daughter of Eve and then it blossomed into something more? Uh, no, I did plan on it be, being seven books because oh. um, I love Harry Potter so much. And then yeah. when I think it was after it was either dur during during the writing of Brumbletide or after or right after that I, I read the Chronicles of Narnia, you know, oh, and, yeah. um, and that was seven. I, I became obsessed with C.S. Lewis. Mm -hmm. I still have OCD. This just doesn't. <laughs> it does go away. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I know. <laughs> um, so I became obsessed with C.S. Lewis and, um, and I just, I, I was like, it has to be seven books. And so, but I already knew it was going to be seven books because of um, Harry Potter. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. And so your third one just got released today, correct? Today. Yeah. Yes. Congratulations. Wow. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. And that is called Brumbletide and The Triad Champion. The Triad Champion. Triad cool. Champion. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Like cool. A, a perilous Olympics the... Now do you have the same uh, <laughs> protagonist, the same heroine throughout all three books so far? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Maggie Pruitt. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. That's going to be really cool because girls like my daughter, yeah, who are rating this, they're going to get really attached to to Maggie, oh, to Mags, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and they're going to want to continue that. Yeah, no, that's neat. Um, what is it that motivated you to, if I remember correctly, as I was looking through this, it is in, if I'm correct, it's in first person present tense. Mm -hmm. uh, I love 
first person present tense, I hate writing it because it's so tough sometimes. Yeah. Um, what motivated you to do that format for the pros? I just suck so bad at third. I wanted to be in third. <laughs> I wanted to really? be in third, like Harry Potter, but um, yeah. I just suck so bad at it. And um, I think it's because I'm so self-absorbed that first <laughs> first person <laughs> present tense like comes so easily because you're just yeah. writing as yourself. <laughs> right, so, right. Yeah. 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 But it is like I didn't realize how engaging it was until Henry Half Moon, and I'm like, oh, like when he when he died, I was like, this is horrible. Oh my gosh, you're like right there. Like it was talking yeah. about like the groveling of the blood in his lungs, and I'm like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> but it was so good. It's a little graphic. It's a little graphic. Yeah, yeah. good. Oh, good, but it was yeah. so good. It was so good. Oh. <laughs> awesome. So well, good. are you so are you when you uh, created the character, uh, Maggie? Did are you Maggie? Are you writing yourself as a girl or is it, is she patterned after somebody else that, you know, uh, she, well, she has some stuff that there's some true stories in there. Like the first page, I'll tell you about it. Cause I told you this story, but <laughs> it's funny. Um, but she's not me. She's, um, she's, well, I am clumsy. I'm clumsy and like, you know, she's sort of the Neville, Long like if Neville Longbottom had a story, She's kind of that, okay. you know. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. But there's there's true stuff like the um the the opening of the 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 book is um Maggie is terrified from a, a prophecy in Pippin's puzzle, which is the book from the castle, and um so she like begs her mom to take her to the castle to find out more about it. And that was me when I was eight and watched The Omen. And, <laughs> and I, so I'm eight years old. My parents, we're, we were basically married with children. Simpsons. That was like my family. Okay, so okay. I love them. I love us. Yeah. But that was us. <laughs> Good. Anyway, so they're watching a rated R horror movie. And I'm just watching it along with them. And I'm like looking at it. I'm like, what in the world is this about? And so I asked my mom what is this movie, The Omen? And um, she's like, oh, this is actually inspired by the Bible. None of us were Christians at this point, by the way, okay? And so that. none of us knew anything, mm -hmm. even my mom. Mm -hmm. And so she opens, she not only tells me that this movie is about the the son of Satan, but um, mm -hmm. that it was inspired by the book of Revelation. And so she opens the Bible and reads it to me. Mm -hmm. And I threw up for a year. <laughs> <laughs> like threw up from fear. Yeah. Years. Uh -huh. Oh my god. Uh -huh. And I was yeah. like, "Why is no one doing anything? Like, if if the world is getting ready to end any minute, in my eight year old yeah. mind, if we're on the verge yeah. of tribulation and the end of the world, why is no one freaking out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is terrifying. Yeah. It's a good point. <laughs> yeah, like I'm taking mom, crazy pills. Oh, that's when we started uh -huh. my church. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, and I was like, Mom, let's go to church. We have to go. And I love that because I totally see that, like in the first couple chapters of the story. Yeah. Jay Reese Bradley, author of the Brumbletide series. First book is Brumbletide and the Daughter of Eve. I love this cover, by the way. Yep. Thank you. This is super cool. Tell us about the cover. Okay, uh, it's got some of the castle on there. Castle Emily. Um, that's mm -hmm. Magnus. Magnus, my flying pig. 
from Rumble Tide. There's these creatures called war mouths. So I Ooh. I don't think I actually said what the book was about. I told you I was gonna chase yeah, a bunch of rabbits. Yeah. So we do too. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Go for it. So okay, it's um it's about a young girl, Maggie Pruitt who is um she lives in a small coastal town called little switch and it's normal and everywhere uh floating in the sea about three miles out is this this uh magic miraculous castle where the general public comes to be treated as royalty so um so just anybody from the town can go and have a gown and crown and throne uh a feast and be called your majesty and there's these magical creatures these like little uh flying children called snickerlings and they mm -hmm. wait on you hand and foot and um and and the castle doesn't know about them but there's a a, a creatures called war mouths and that's what magnus is he's a he's a creature from rumble tide and he is a war mouth and he is a flying pig but any animal with wings is a war mouth uh, yeah, but the castle has um, its own school inside where your young young royals can be groomed into their destiny. And um, Maggie gets scared by the prophecy in Pippin's puzzle that this castle's known for. Uh, and so she begs her mom to take her to find out more about it. And once they go, Maggie's mom gets sucked into the the pomp and circumstance of it all <laughs> and it ends up enrolling Maggie into this school. So they can't afford it, but like it or not, she's part of this thing now. Yeah. Um, and so she joins the school and she's living there and come to find out she's a daughter of one of these seven highly esteemed ancestors that they all look up to cool. that lived 700 years ago. And so that's why she's a daughter of Eve. Eve is one of the seven. Oh, oh um, wow. Yes. And so okay. um so the more she's in this castle, she realizes that this is not something good. This is something wicked. And she goes to there's a dungeon and then a catacombs. And in the catacombs, the room of the dead, she realizes I'm just gonna spoil it for you, Nick. I'm gonna That's spoil good. it. I'm sorry. But um <laughs> in the room of the dead, she realizes that um this castle, Emily Castle, is the magic is being fueled by slain snickerlings. So these yeah. magnificent creatures that are flying around and serving everyone, um, uh, little children, they're immortal children, they um, are being murdered and their wings are being uh, nailed to the, the basement of the castle. And that's how it's able to stay afloat. But also in mm, the basement wow. is... Um, this gets really fantastical, but there's a, a snow globe, <laughs> okay. um, a, a cool. big snow globe. Okay. And it's called the Axiom. And it looks like, you know, snow globes, how they have like uh, stuff inside, like a castle or yeah. like a, something. Yeah. Yep. It's a miniature mm -hmm. Emily, Maggie thing. But um, really? you can go inside, there's a door. And, um, and she knew this because Lenore took her there. Okay. The, the head of castle took her, um, but it was silent inside because in the axiom is brumble tide in the basement of the 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 big lie you know yeah. that everyone is uh worshiping themselves in in the basement of it is is the truth the true kingdom and she goes and anybody who truly desires brumble tide can see it they can see it and in there is the ancestor 
that everybody thinks are dead. Wow. They're alive. And they oh, can wow. stay alive in in Rumble Tide. Um, and anybody who has the right motives can see them. But anybody who uh, wants Emily, it's a dead kingdom to them. All It look, just looks like Emily. And there's no... Anyway. Hmm. So, Interesting. Um, wow. so the whole series is Maggie bringing this truth to the people. And some people uh, love it. And they, in the third book, you know, people are starting to come around. But um, yeah. it, but some people are going to do anything to keep Emily going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, very relevant to what has been revealed in the past several years with, uh, you know, with certain things from the QAnon thing, Adrenochrome, you know, Epstein Island, like. Yeah, kind of an analog. And Moloch, the, you know. The Shining City has some whole, dark things going on yeah, in built, the basement. Built on the bones of children, you yeah, know. Yeah. Like, dude, that's, that's such a cool thing. It's a terrible thing, but it's such a great thing to draw from that, that Moloch underbelly that dark underbelly that has probably persisted throughout all of civilization you know yeah the sacrifice of the innocent yeah yeah it really is why why that why did you go with that what was it that inspired you to write it like that i don't know (laughs) honestly i don't know It, it was like it was just such writing the book it was like it just kept like coming to me you know i, I don't yeah. know and so i just um not to sound like spiritual or anything it's not like that it's just, i'm totally a pantser yeah and for people that don't know that's <laughs> somebody too. that just flies by the seat of their pants <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yep it, i just went where the adventure took me you know and yeah and it was very exciting i loved it so that honestly that kind of seems like where the purest and most needed ideas come from in a lot of ways for fiction, you know, or for any sort of creative endeavor is that like you don't I mean, Pressfield talks about this too, just being sort of an instrument for the muse. You know, it's not it's not that you have carefully crafted this thing and you've meticulously cultivated it. You know, there's uh, um, G- uh, George R. R. Martin talks about how there are two types of writers. There's the uh, the architect and then there's the gardener. You know, and the and the architect finally crafts everything. And if any pipe or angle or chair is out of whack, then the whole thing collapses. The gardener just sort of cultivates and lets the ideas come through. And I, I tend to think that that's where all the best material really comes from, is just setting your ego aside, setting your agenda or your ambitions aside, and just being an instrument for whatever you know, good force that is that's that's coming through. I think it's a, a, actually like a very godly thing in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. And and a lot of kids need to, you know, it's good for kids to read that because it's, you want kids to retain their innocence, <clears throat> but you don't want kids to be mollycoddled at the same time because then they're not going to be prepared for this awful yeah. world that they're stepping into, you know? Sure, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, to keep them from real kind of detrimental for them yeah you're doing a disservice peterson calls it the Oedipal mother complex where you you view your child as the precious christ baby and everything else is the evil serpent that you have to step on and that's how you get like a 35 year old child who doesn't know how to do their laundry and never leaves the house right. so. oh man yeah that was <laughs> me know? not at 35 thankfully but when i dropped out of school i was like the yes. most spoiled i mean just self and <laughs> It was awful. And I started working at Waffle House. I told you that because I was um, oh, too yeah. young yep. 
Yes, I was too young to serve alcohol. So um, I planted six months until I could get my liquor license and go serve somewhere else. But um, I ended up staying mm -hmm. six years. And um, wow. my first week, they put me on third shift, which is 9, 9 p.m. Yeah. to 7 a.m. So I'm like 16. Mm, awesome. Like, <laughs> like, like, you know, have never even wow. been away from home. Decided mm -hmm. to run away and and really? and start walkouts. Anyway, um, I thought all I had to do was just serve the people, clean up the tables, and make my money and go home. So I did uh -huh. that for a week. And I even remember thinking, I wonder who they hire to like clean the windows and sweep the floor <laughs> and stuff. And I was no getting one. ready to go home one morning, and there was this waitress that worked first shift named M Michelle Picklesmeyer. That was her name. Picklesmeyer. Yeah. Awesome. And so anyway, she was like, where are you going? And um, I was like, I'm going home. And she goes, you're not going anywhere. You have ruined our lives for the past five days because you have not done anything but make your money. And I like, I was sobbing awful. But if it wasn't for her, I probably would never have work ethic. You know, that's such a hard job. Yeah. Thank God for it. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. So sure. hard. Yeah, but That's I was funny. I was Were you? Kid. No, you're. Um, are you? You're not a Georgia native, are you? I can't remember. Yep. You are a Georgia native. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Um, our dad's family. Uh, our dad is from Georgia, Cartersville, like North yeah. Georgia. So. Yep. Yeah. That's. Uh, I was gonna say. Yeah. If you're if you're working a Waffle House at 16, that's probably a southeast thing in the United yeah. States. I don't know if there probably. are too many you know Probably. waffle houses out in california so yeah yeah, yeah. For people, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. well i would like to get back to the uh, the idea of the the sacrifice of childhood innocence and specifically for profit which is kind of what i think traditional publishing has become I'd like to talk a little bit about how kids literature has gone woke and they're just insistent yeah. Uh, that the only books they're going they're going to push to market are ones that have I mean they're just agenda laced garbage yeah. mm -hmm. that uh, will ram down the throats of our children um, things that they are not ready for concepts that they are not ready for um, talk a little bit about loosely and by the way if you if you guys are watching this you really need to, first of all, you really need to subscribe. Yeah. And uh, you also need to go over and uh, sign up on the Patreon page because we had a very in-depth, exclusive interview with Jay Reese about mm -hmm. this uh, just earlier. Um, but And you'll can and you be able to find it there. But touch on, just kind of briefly, what you've seen writing into the middle grade space as it, as it pertains to wokeism mm -hmm. and kid lit. Yeah. Um in it well yeah woke in general is in kidlet so if you if you any any new books you're buying are going to be woke because of um especially in 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 the past few years there, there has been a huge call for diverse books um which that is not only the promotion of but the celebration of um you know when I when I was on submission, I was thinking diverse was like celebration of all kinds of cultures and races. 
which right. I was that's what diversity like, used to mean that. Yes, that's what I thought it meant. And yeah. so I even queried an agent saying that diverse, but my book is not <laughs> that because it's, that's not what it means. <laughs> it's promotion and celebration um, of LGBTQ couples in children's books. And I'm going to add in children's books because I think we think, you know, they're safe, but they're not. Yeah. But LGBTQ uh, celebration in children's book, um, you know, normalizing it, normalizing that um, transgender, um, the the pronouns, the uh, CRT, all that, mm-hmm. um, you know, is in is the the promotion and celebration of of these things in 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 books, but children's books, um, yeah. and you can go to any any Twitter page of any uh, publisher, but especially the editors, you know, and, and see for yourself that these mm-hmm. are what is coming out. And it, it's, it's not same as before. We have talked about this before that before, uh, maybe for sure 10 years ago, not five years ago, but <clears throat> you could have just kept your mouth shut. You know, if you weren't on board with, um, the radical liberal agenda, you could have just kept your mouth shut and and may have been published, you know, yeah. uh, traditionally, but you would have had to keep your mouth shut about any of your politics, you know, anything like that. Yep. Unless you were like a Ben Shapiro. I mean, he's made tons of money. You know what too I mean? Too big to fail, kind of. Right. Too big to fail, exactly. Yeah. Yes, but you're not going to come from the slush pile and get, right. yeah. no. It's not, it's, it, it was slim back then, but now it's non-existent mm. anyway. Um, and, and, it, and especially with 2020 when, um, when COVID happened and, uh, George Floyd and all of that situation where it just became so polarized that, yeah. um, you're not getting published. As, the industry is uh, polarized as well. I'm sorry. The industry's polarized as well. Yes, yes. Um, yep. So, so as far as as kids go, I don't, I don't know why. Besides that, it's just it's weird, the isn't it? World that yeah. that they're they're doing that to to children. I don't know. It's why pretty insidious. You know, it's insidious. I wouldn't even actually call it insidious anymore because there's a clandestine aspect to being insidious. It's more just blatant and overt at this point. When you have when you have drag time story hour, you know, yeah. uh, I mean, how much and you have, you know, the bathroom situation, you know, <clears throat> I get that there are people who you know, they feel marginalized, they feel vulnerable, or they feel threatened because they're on the fringes of society. But the thing is, you can't run a civilized society off of that metric. Like that, that aspect of society does not foster long term multi generational society, somebody has to there has to be a framework, there has to be a structure, and somebody has to have the kids you know, that are going to inherit the society when you go, you know? And so the traditional nuclear family value structure, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a, an inhuman, I think it's an, um, 
anti-human agenda. I also think that it's a transhuman agenda that like eventually in the next 50 years, we're getting to a point where like the, the narrative is going to be, well, what do you need this body for anyways? Right, sort of yeah. thing, you know, because if you're that assaulting, if you're assaulting procreation, you know, which is effectively what you're doing when you're teaching kids anything other than, you know, grow up and find a nice girl or find a nice boy and get married and have kids. Like the reason why that stuff is societal mainstream is because that's what perpetuates the race, the society, the human race. That's what keeps, you know, and then a strong traditional family structure is what keeps that unit intact so that those people can grow up, you know, healthily. And they're trying to dismantle all of that stuff, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and so when you have things like drag time story hour like i just oh it makes the blood boil. <clears throat> i'm so in a, i'm so grateful in a way that i'm not married and don't have children because <laughs> because i think i'd be in prison <laughs> like, <laughs> you know yeah. or it's homeschooling so scandalous it's so scandalous to say what we're saying right now you know yeah, yeah. to say yeah. that yeah i mean and i'm afraid we'll even get blocked on youtube you know but um maybe to go against these narratives you know, and like even just abortion, you know, it's like, yeah, you're, I'm not going to say it because we might get blocked, but like, it, it's, it's just such a depraved mindset. Yeah. You know, and to say anything is so true. In yeah. just, it really is 1984. You know, you have to yeah. say to yourself, I'm going to hold on to two plus two is four, two plus two yeah. is four. And I'm going to hold on to that, you know, yeah. and it, it's and like you, that now. And you read that book pretty recently. So was it kind of mind blowing reading that book in today's like modern age and climate? I think I think it was so I'm, I'm so thankful that I read it right now, you know, because right. it is yeah. like um, it wouldn't have been I can see where it would always be mind blowing. But um, the fact that they can't call anybody Mr. or Mrs. You know, they have to call everyone comrade, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so relevant. And then yeah. um, how the. um the big brother was um, constantly watching them, you know, and, yeah. and we're constantly, even when we're not on YouTube or anything like that, like our phones are watching us, you know, yeah. they we're getting yeah. ads from just stuff we talk about, you know, yeah. our phones are Microsoft. Listening. Yeah. Well, you're, yeah, your phones uh, and all the information is going to uh, a database uh, that they built in either Wyoming or Utah about 15 years ago. Uh, yeah. Once phones, smartphones took off, they they bank everything you everything yeah. that this device can pick up. Logged. It, it's all logged away. Yeah. And Microsoft yeah. got in trouble uh, for their Xbox Connect uh, recording, uh, you know, using the camera when the machine was not running Yeah, several years ago. Um, and even uh, laptops like put a piece of duct tape over the camera of your laptop because that thing can be recording any time. And uh, and that light may or may not be on when it does. And and also uh, your TVs. I mean, and it's in 1984 that like Winston Smith has to go sit in the corner to write in his journal, you know, which is illegal. You're not yeah. supposed to write in your journal, but he has to sit in that corner because that's one area where his TV cannot see him. And nowadays we live in an era where your TVs like a lot of them can watch you, you know, and they can listen to you. You know, I mean, even even the refrigerator. You know, and you, we all know that the NSA is doing that. They're banking everything. Yeah. yeah. And there, they, there are certain words that will register that uh, 
will flag you. They'll your mic will turn on, your camera will turn on, or you'll mm-hmm. be flagged, and they'll take a look. They'll watch you. They're watching, probably maybe watching us right now. Yeah. Hello. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hi. By the way, <laughs> uh, not doing anything scandalous. Just yeah. sharing an opinion. Yeah. Just talking about writing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it is scary. I mean, we basically live there, and we're there now. We're there now. Yeah. Well, that's why. Honestly, that's why I like paperbacks so much. Like, did you? Um, you've done an, an ebook <clears throat> version as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, I don't know. Are you planning on doing an audio book for this as well? No, not right now. I, I yeah. should. <laughs> I should do. <laughs> we got a great narrator. If you want one, he's yeah, awesome. Adam, Adam Burrell. I know, but he's he sounds not a like girl. Like you think he'd be a good thirteen-year-old <laughs> girl? I don't know. Maybe and his wife. Maybe yeah, his wife. American. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That that might be. Who knows? He might know somebody. If nothing else. Yes, yeah. I need mean, English. Um, girl. A little English. Yeah, maybe. Oh, he, he could get Susie to do it. How great! He could get his daughter to do it. Uh, oh, how cool would that be? You know? Yeah, yeah. you know, like you see the father. Yeah. Um, but that's why I like paperbacks so much because you know, uh, several years ago when they started um, uh, going after Huck Finn, uh, I'm a little yeah. surprised they haven't gone after H.P. Lovecraft yet with the Rats in the Walls um, and some of these other books. You know, if you are only relying on digital media as a uh, as a reader, as a citizen, <clears throat> it's it can change at any moment, and there's nothing you yeah. can do to get memory hold. You know, but like paperbacks, you know, you can like until until Fahrenheit. Uh, was it Fahrenheit 451? Is that right? Comes along and starts confiscating these things and pulling them out of, you know, faux toasters and mm-hmm. burning them in front of you. Like this stuff hangs in there throughout the apocalypse and you don't need a grid in order to read it. Well, that's so. this is exactly why the typewriter is our logo. Always yeah, has been. that's right. And our very first, yeah, and our very first slogan is you can't hack a typewriter. Yeah, which you, is true. Um, well, actually, it's mostly true. <laughs> mostly true. But there, yeah, you can't hack a typewriter. And the, uh, we came up with that because there was a story from several years ago, or maybe 15 years ago at this point, I can't remember, where uh, the KGB uh, wrote everything on typewriters in Russia because uh, because there was no IT network connected to them. Yep. You know, And then it's funny, I talked to a guy one time who uh, who worked for the DOD and he said that, like, well, you actually can, but you have to be in proximity. And what you are able to do, the only way you can hack a typewriter is if you have some sort of a sound recording device somewhere uh, that can record um, the frequency and the tone of the keys. Wow. Hitting. Okay. Yeah. Almost like, you know, when you go to dial your phone, each each number sure. has a different tone. Yeah. It's the yeah. same same sort that's of thing wild. but that's super yeah. nerd spy stuff right there super yeah, nerd spy. Right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> they'll never be able to hack my typewriter yeah. I, handwrite, I, I handwrite all my books is that wild? good do you really I didn't know, that's awesome i didn't know that people didn't do that and i was telling um yeah. my my other friend my uh writer friend and she was like i i can't even write in cursive <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome okay i gotta ask you about yeah. that so roll doll hand wrote all of his books too oh yeah he used a pencil and he'd mm-hmm. write his books um that's interesting that you write that'll be really inspirational to my daughter oh actually. she'll love that yeah, yeah she'll love the idea so that you hand wrote it. so do you uh write it all out and when you're done you go back and do revisions or do you at that point just transpose it into digital 
and then do your visions? Or what, what does that process look like? I write until I'm, I'm done. You know, like I, I write until I'm done creatively for the moment. And then I type that, you know, oh, okay. and make okay. some edits. And then I write some more handwrite and until I'm done creatively. <laughs> okay. And then, okay. um, so it's, it's kind of a back and forth and, mm-hmm. and also the, the handwritten one is going to be much different than the, the one that comes out eventually. But at least if something happens and we have no internet anymore or any, you know, electronics, I have something, you know? Yeah. 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 But yeah. I just enjoy writing. It's very therapeutic for me. It is. Um, there is, you know, for a long time there uh, in school, they stopped teaching handwriting and they, they certainly stopped teaching cursive. And it's such a detrimental thing. Psychologists were screaming about it, but uh, but the government and school systems didn't listen for a few years. They eventually had the kids start writing again because it has been proven that when you write something down, it does imprint it into your memory stronger than if you type it. You know, there is a tactile connection, you know, between your body and whatever you're actually writing. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a good habit to have. You know, there's a similar study, too. And and Jerry's, I don't know if you are aware of this one or not, but there's something about reading off uh, something printed on a page Mm -hmm. that it registers at a deeper level than something uh, read off of a digital off a screen, uh, screen, basically. Have you have you heard anything like that? No, um, just other than um, it exercises your mind in a way that the yeah. internet doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of work. It's a lot of work to read a book. Um, yeah. I talked about it on one of my stories just to get people to read, you know, because. Yeah, I remember <laughs> it, that. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, because it's better for your memory and, and but mm-hmm. it's hard work. You have to sit down knowing this is not something that's going to be really easy. Like um, the internet, yeah. the social media, that's, that's created to keep our pleasure center stimulated and keep us coming back you know so it's yep. not mm-hmm. going to be like that you can't expect that from a book but um but it is good for you and it's enjoyable yeah yeah for sure and you know and i think it's actually for me and you know everyone might be different but i think it's more work for me to read off a screen than it is to read paperback because on a screen there are other things calling for my attention. You know, I'm reading on a screen, but I know on that same device I have full open access to the internet, all social media, games, movies. It's It's all right there. All I have to do is just move my thumb and it's Mm -hmm. there. It's it allows for the distraction to manifest. It allows for the resistance to win. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a paperback, you have to like set it down, go and get the device. It's more steps. You know, it's not as it's for me, paperback is way easier to read or on paper. Maybe it's a hardcover, but on paper, it's it's easier to read because I don't I'm not fighting the distractions. It is. It's not convenient. And so that's when it becomes a discipline. Like I find I cannot read in public. I try never to read in public unless I have to, because my attention is constantly divided. Like I was waiting on somebody for like an hour today. And, you know, it would have been the, a perfect opportunity to get caught up on some reading. But the whole time in the back of my mind, you know, the the OCD, you know, is just constantly back there saying like, well, the person could be here any minute. The person could be here any minute, yeah, you know, and you're right. constantly looking up. And that's where that's where like the discipline and uh, the regimentation of your life 
of your hours in a day really come in handy so that you can set aside time like you do it. I think you were telling me the other because I was I was talking about like like, Jay, you're such a crazy, like prolific reader. You know, you're burning through all these, you know, all these Travelers League books. You're you're like several chapters in the heavenly realms. You know, like, how do you find the time as a <laughs> wife and mom to read? And you were like, oh, I got this, this and this, you know. Yeah. And it, also you have to, you have to read what you want to write, you know, like if you want to yeah. write um, middle grade novels, you have to read them, you know, yeah. because um, it just sharpens your skills and you're inspired, you know, mm -hmm. like that. I mean, uh, it's great. It's great that that's part of the job. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah. it's awesome. You can just take time and make your cup of coffee and just sit and read books. It's great. <laughs> I love it. I've got a question. It, would you talk about how you run your uh, social media presence, your Instagram and so forth? Yeah. Uh, because you're really, really good at that. You're really yeah. good at that. And as we touched on lightly earlier in the live stream, I suck at it. I'm even And worse. I would like to learn from you. So sure. maybe top two or three things that yeah. someone can do to really get a bigger audience, be more engaging. How do you do it? Okay, sure. Uh, yeah. Um, I can't remember what we talked about on here and what we talked about in the, pre, um, the, is it called premium premium? The, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. The exclusive. I think we're actually going to call it the Illuminati after party. Oh, yeah, the like Illuminati after, yeah. The Illuminati <laughs> after party. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Anyways. Black eyed children. <laughs> that'll, be the, that'll be the graphic for the very first one. Rainbow. You know? oh, oh gosh. I know. Um, so, um, I think it was in the Patreon that I was saying, you know, as self-published authors, first of all, we have to market ourselves and it's not just for ourselves. I think that's, I think that is a bunch of the, uh, the fear is that you're going to come across like, I'm so into myself and like, you know, just read my stuff because it's so great. And you don't want to sound like that, but <clears> you yeah. have, you have, no one is going to read your book if you don't market it and there's nobody else when you're a self-published author there's nobody else to market your book even if you pay a marketing company they're going to teach you how to market yourself you know so there's no escaping it but you know um i talked about the the reformation you know we're we're wanting conservatives and christians to have um great great books with in, in with great publishing companies eventually and great bookstores you know that's not going to happen if we're not marketing and i just think of it as god is teaching us you know how to do it because once we know how to market ourselves and then um and then market other great books i mean that's where it's at you know eventually we'll have we'll have what the liberals have you know yeah um so to, so think about the greater cause and um and just that unless you get your book in front of people's eyes, they're not going to read it, you know? Um, yeah, and of yeah. course, especially to get them away from the Instagram post, the, you know, all that. So, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a reason to do it and it's to get your stuff out there <laughs> and to get these great yeah. books out there. But, um, but some tangible things that you can take with you, um, are to focus on two platforms. So don't, don't, sign up to everything, you know, cause there's so many social media platforms. Um, yeah. the big ones of course are Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, but, um, a lot of people 
think, you know, I need to be on Minds, I need to be on True Social, I need to be on, you know, all of these, you know, and you mm-hmm. don't. Work on two, okay? So pick Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, and, and work on those. And nice. with self, being self-published authors, you're not, in, unless you're a, you know, Ben Shapiro with a huge following already, you're not going to be that person who has zero people that you follow and just thousands of people, you know? So for us, it's thousands of people following you. So for us, it really is about become building uh, engagement and a community of readers, you know, you're, they're going to be your audience and, um, and kind of friends in a way. And the most important thing, so you pick your two, let's say it's going to be Instagram and Twitter. Okay. So you just set aside a time every day, not a lot of time that you get on there and engage. You're going to post something. Um, and I'll talk about what you're going to post in a minute, but you're going to post something. You're going to comment on other people's things and not just anybody, but people that have something that you guys can engage together for, to promote yourself, you know? So like, you know, Nick and I both write middle grade novels. Jonathan and I both write fantasy, you know? I mean, we're, we have, it's not like I'm following, you know, some baseball player, you know, I'm, I'm strategically picking people that I know are either going to maybe enjoy my books or they're going to grow, grow the, the networking, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. But be genuine. There's nothing worse than, you know, <laughs> than have you, have you been on Twitter and people like respond with their stuff? Like, um, I just wrote a book, like, here's the link, you know, like in the comments, never do that. You know, you, it's all about genuinely building relationships and, um, and you just do that by getting in there and just, it's easy to do. We just have to set aside a time to do it consistently. And that yeah. grows not it. There's a difference between having thousands and thousands of followers that buy nothing from you and 3000 followers or even, you know, 700 followers who are engaged and who enjoy your stuff, you know, and who tell you, who tell their friends about your stuff, you know, um, that's so much more valuable than, than thousands of paid for followers, you know, that aren't yeah, going to do sure. anything. Um, so, so yeah, you, um, you pick two, you post consistently what you're going to post. Think about it like this with Instagram. When people go to your page, it's like your storefront. So, you know, we're authors, we have families, we, um, we have, we're conservative Christians, you know, so the things that you want to be about that you want them to know, um, that's what you're going to post about every day, you know, and it doesn't all have to be book, 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 book. Okay. But you know, a a book post one day about yours, your book, like what you write, because that's the only people, um, the only way people are going to know to that, Mm -hmm. that you write something. Um, and then, and then the next day you're going to, you know, post a, a quote you love, you know, or something, just something to keep going. Um, and then there's just little tricks like, you know, that, um, just kind of links. Remember, this is a big one. Okay. Don't post anything that is going to take people away from Instagram. You're going to want to post your links to your stuff, like in your stories yeah. or on your Facebook mm-hmm. post. But because Facebook and Instagram and Twitter don't want their people yeah. to leave, you just yeah, yeah. have to tell them about it the best you possibly can. Because <clears throat> yeah. if you post a link 
your people aren't going to see it. Only a few people. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So their algorithm isn't going to feed a post that links someone off of the platform. Take right. someone off yeah. the platform, basically. Just very okay. few people will see it. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That that so, and that comes from uh, that self-development. Just take a few minutes, like even five minutes, to just watch um, like a Gary Vaynerchuk or like a um, – what's his name? Um, Brock Johnson on Instagram. He's great. You know, he keeps up okay. with the latest algorithm stuff and, you know, like – a, a good one lately is um, if you don't post for like one or two days, it notifies people when you have a new post. So he says, take a day off, you know, interesting like that. Just, um, you know, interesting. But the most important thing is just to stay consistent and, um, and engage the best you can, you know, have quality yeah. over quantity. Mm -hmm. So when you make time, do you, you make time on a regular basis? Obviously you're consistent at it. Do you do it during the same time of day or does that change daily or how do you manage that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, uh, okay. This is how it goes. Okay. <laughs> I take the kids to school. I have my writing time. Then I take a small amount of time for social media. Then I have reading time unless I'm having a very obsessive moment and I'm just constantly checking social media all the time. <laughs> <laughs> It happens. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> right there with you. Yeah. So, but I always get back on track. And that's, the, that's kind of the thing. It's like, you know, you, yeah. um, like a diet or fitness program, you know, mm -hmm. um, I used to be really big into fitness and, and, you know, one day it's not what you do, even a, like if you eat badly for one week, but you've eaten healthy for six months, it's not going to matter. You know, but right. it's, it's just the, 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 cons just try as consistent that you possibly can, you know? Yeah. And you have to have mm -hmm. the, the why I hate that. I don't know why, but, um, but you know, it's, it's for, it's so that people read your hard work. You put so much work yeah. in it. And yeah, I've yeah, yeah. heard me talk about Henry half moon, but <laughs> people need to be reading the book. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't I haven't recouped the cost of the uh you know the expense of going and like doing uh, the research actually yeah. there in Manhattan. So yeah, I mean, uh, it yeah. deserves more than I gave it for yeah. sure. Yeah. It deserves more promotion than than I get. I put all that work into it, but I didn't put any work into the promotion. Yeah, mea culpa. I need to I need to do that. That's it's great advice though, because it's not too late, right? Yeah. It's not too late. I mean there are so many different avenues, there are so many different platforms. It's it is a you know, weirdly enough, social media is is for promotion and marketing's sake, uh, almost a land of no gatekeepers. So it's a wall of information that is uh, it's a surfeit of information. It's it's too much. And it's like, well, where do you start? You know, you have it, it's so hard to find a compass heading. So like what you're talking about is a killer compass heading for a lot of people to navigate those troubled waters of just pick two platforms you know, post, you know, consistently don't always post every day so that, you know, your followers, because that's one thing I noticed, like I, my Instagram feed is so infuriating because I will get, I don't follow a lot of people, but I'll get like just all this crap that's suggested. And it's like one out of maybe 15 
are actual posts by people I actually follow yep. that I actually do want to. Yep. And you have to wade through all that crap in order to find the things you do want to find. And so maybe that's right. the trick. Like, give yourself a, a day off. Like what Brock Johnson. Brock Johnson, is that the guy's name who He's suggested Brock that? Johnson. Yeah. Brock He's Johnson. on Instagram. Okay. And yeah. all of his advice is for Instagram. That's okay. genius. That's cool. I'll have to look him up. Yeah, because it is frust the the feed is very frustrating because I've noticed and I counted. This is a I was like deliberately you were talking scrolling. about OCD, Jay. Yeah, yeah, every fourth post was an ad. Yeah, every fourth post. So one, two, three ad. One, two, three ad. Yeah, without end. And then usually in every group of four, one of them was also recommended. Right. Not because I followed anyone, but because they're trying to figure out. They've paid for it or there's a hashtag that has an overlap on the Venn yeah. diagram. So I'm getting only half of what I'm seeing is yeah. from people that, you know. That you're there to see. That I'm there to follow. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not there Presumably to see. You'll never see them. All right. Yeah, there are. There are some accounts that like, you know, and then when it refreshes, you, you like I'll see something that I had seen earlier and I'm like, oh, I actually have a moment to watch this yep. this little video, this little Stephen Pressfield video or this little Boston be a man video. You know, it's oh, so that guy's funny. Great. Yeah. 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 The Boston be a man guy. He's hilarious, you know. Um, but then like when I open it back up, of course, the feed refreshes itself and now it's gone. Yep. And it's not yeah. like gone yeah. as in it's buried 20 posts down. You're on a different stream. It, you're on a different, right. It's like the train tracks have chunk, switched For over. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so now we're headed meme. off. The meme is you know. gone. <laughs> yeah. The meme you is gone. a great meme. And you're like, no. <laughs> Where I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you're like, I just wish, please let me remember which account it was that it was under. You know, yeah. it was so funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's really good advice because marketing is such an intense uh, requirement for being successful in self-publishing in this world of Amazon, KDP, whether it's paperback, ebook, audiobook. Um, you know, you have to. What we are effectively doing is we are taking on all of the all of the profits, but also all of the risks of a you know and time sinks of a traditional publishing company because you know as it used to be you know you probably heard me talk about it before but like i tried to get published in the mid to late 2000s twice uh i exhausted every entry in the um the writer's digest phone book that used i don't even know if you can oh, still wow. buy them anymore, yeah. but yeah like you're you know what you were talking about with like the slush pile and everything the the standards for getting, you know, rejected and thrown into the slush pile were so stringent. Like if it was 12 point times new Roman font, maybe 10 point if you were lucky, uh, one inch margins on all the sides. And if you didn't, you know, adhere to all of these different things and each one was different, some wanted cover letters, some wanted sample chapters, you know, they any reason, any excuse they could have to throw you in the slush pile, no matter how menial they absolutely would. You know, but the good thing about it is, even though you would have reduced royalties, you wouldn't have to mess with any of this crap. You didn't right. have to do any publishing. You didn't have to do any marketing or real promotion mm -hmm. that changed along the way somewhere, yep. I think. But, um, you know, you didn't even really have unless you had a good relationship with your publisher, uh, a choice in your cover. You know, a lot of a lot of books right. were notorious. Authors used to complain about that all the time, like in the 90s yeah. and 2000s about how you know it's like man i hate that cover but you know there's a team of 
you know, marketing people in a, you know, in a think tank who are probably really what that probably means is they're in a, a penthouse hotel with, you know, a table full of cocaine that are figuring out, you know, what, <laughs> you know, so, so that's a great, the great thing is about Amazon and, and self-publishing is yeah. you have control of all of that. The bad thing is you have control of all of that, <laughs> you know? And so like any advice like that, that, that you can give for people, that stuff is gold, man. Cause that, that eliminates the intimidation factor of like, well, even if I can finish this book, you know, which is a marathon, not a sprint, you know, I mean, that's a Herculean sure. task to finish a novel, even, even if it's middle grade, even if it's young adult or, or high fantasy, whatever romance, it doesn't matter. You then have the real work ahead of you of like promoting and marketing and how do you spend your money on that and where do you put your money and where do you put your time because like that's one thing that turns nick and i off to a lot of that is um and probably going to be a little bit different now with uh, with your advice that you've given um but like nick and i a lot of times we don't market we don't do a lot of stuff on facebook or instagram and twitter's basically dead as far as we're both concerned mm -hmm. for us just because it's like we'll do them in the past and like there's next to no return on investment and it just becomes yeah. a time sink, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, you just um, have to figure it out, you know, <laughs> how to, how to, <laughs> once you, once you, you know, have some return, even just a little bit, it kind of yeah. burns, like helps to keep going. Oh yeah. Um, but, you know, an, another thing that, that especially Christians, I, we do this, like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And back to my mm. Reformation, Martin Luther <laughs> thing, uh, yeah. you know, because we think, okay, I'm just going to write this book. And, you know, if it's meant to be, if God wants this to be a thing, you know, and I know it's coming from a good place because we don't want to like sure. be prideful or whatever, but, right. but he works through human means, you know, mm -hmm. like with the, Reformation and Martin Luther, you know, there was a problem in the Catholic Church. Indulgences, yeah. people are being charged for their to have their sins forgiven. Mm -hmm. God didn't just appear and say, "Look, there's a problem here. Yeah. We need we need to stop doing this." You know, yeah. he prepared Martin Luther, and Martin <laughs> Luther did a lot of work. You know, in <laughs> yeah. the yeah. printing press. You know. Um, mm -hmm got his work out there you know so so he works through us through us yeah. and that's, i think he's preparing us for um for you know for, for our our work and and just the work of conservatives and christians to be able to be accessed by the next yeah. generation you yeah. know mm -hmm. and 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 we're gonna have to know how to market and they're gonna have to know how to market you know and so yeah. so we're learning that yeah. we're learning that yeah. it's awesome yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you know, tr us trying to do all this with the mindset of we have to create this thing and be faithful to move mm -hmm. forward and create this reformation, if you will, for the next generation so they can access yeah. what God's done through us. And so that they'll be able to, um, you know, allow God to work through them and have these platforms and these opportunities yeah. for that work to get out there, too. And draw you know, hope really and about, for the yeah, yeah, that gives me kind of a new. I always had this fantasy why as to get on, you know, <laughs> you why to say, get back on Instagram. Why Henry Halfman? <laughs> See, I'm telling you, you're doing the Lord's work. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're doing the Lord's work. Yeah, and that's and, and with 
I don't know when we're going to talk about this, but but the conservatives and Christians need to write cool stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right. Start yeah. writing cool stuff. And yeah, I mean, right? this is so cool. You know, like they're not boring. <laughs> they're so cool. You know, and I mean, just it's so fun to. I mean, that's what we need. We need like fun yeah. stuff, not boring, stupid. And the other thing. Yeah. I'm chasing the damn rabbits again. I'm sorry, but okay. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, but the 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 ones we want, sorry, the the children or people that we want to point to Christ's door with our yeah. work. Okay, like for yeah. me, I want my work to point to Christ's door, and yeah. I want it to point someone to Christ's door. Okay, absolutely. But yeah, that secular that that non-Christian child has no reason to pick up a Christian fiction book. Like yep. he has no reason to go to the Christian fiction section, you know? Yep. So when I tried like, to get published, that was always my intention was to have heavenly realms in the fake lit section, not the Christian fiction section. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And even if it is, because there is a place for Christian fiction, but make it yeah. great, you know? Right. Like, that's make it cool. Empyrean falling. It's great. I mean, yeah, I'm thank you. nine chapters in. You know, but well, the 10th boring. chapter is where it falls apart. So, you know. Stop it. It does <laughs> not. You say that all the time. You guys stop. I was watching your other other things, and you're you're always saying, like, my work's so wordy. That, Don't do that. It's great. All right. It's great, you know? Well, um, thank you, Jay. <laughs> but but this, is, this belongs next to, um, what's it called? The, what's the one? The... It's the Bible. YA, the, um... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> it belongs next to the Bible. It does. <laughs> no, no, the um, the one about the um, the gods. American you gods. Like a mythology, novel. like the the Iliad, the... or no, or it's like a new one. Uh, the the Percy. What is it? Percy Jackson. Um, Percy, Percy Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. that it? And it's better than Percy. I mean, it's got so Thank much you. cool stuff in it. And I mean, a a non-Christian child can pick up yeah. this book. And even right. though it ends up at Christianity, mm. the whole thing, I mean, he would enjoy this from front to back. Yeah. That was and the that's intention. What we need. That was the intention. That's what we need. We need stuff yeah. that's gonna be on the shelf in in the bookstore, not yeah. in the Christian fiction section, even though there's a place for that, because Christians sure. need to be pointed to Christ. Okay, but um, yeah, but but to where that non-Christian child is going to grab it, yeah, and read it and love it, yeah, you know, yeah. like the, witnessing the kids, to Narnia. There's so many people that became Christians because of Narnia, but Narnia yeah. was not in the Christian fiction section, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. witnessing yeah. tools. That's that is the great, you know, opportunity that you have as a Christian fiction writer as a fiction you know or a christian novelist is just you have a real opportunity to take your work you know we kind of touched on this a little bit with Derek gilbert but i don't think we articulated it like this but you know you have an opportunity to take your work and witness to people with them in a way that speaks you you can't you probably learn this in your you know in your previous life but like you have to talk to people you have to meet people where they're at you can't yeah. meet people where you want them or th or expect them or think they should be. You know, yeah. you have to communicate with them, you know, not necessarily like on their level, but just where they are. Like, 
you know, if if I just I don't go up to every friend I have and start telling them about like the trouble I'm having writing this one chapter for Pandemo. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like right, yeah. 80% of my friends don't care, you know? Right. So yeah. like, do you want to, you know, and relationships and networks are really, really important. I, I had a guy who had his own publishing company and it, um, it was this very small, very uh, Christian Catholic, um, you know, driven uh, publishing company, just tiny little, you know, indie publishing company. And, we did some great work together um, and his heart is certainly in the right place, but ultimately it failed because he just didn't have a network. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't, he didn't like in the world of self-publishing, you kind of can't expect to succeed if you don't have connections, if you don't have a network, if you don't have relationships yep. built. And that's what so much of this is, is just building relationships with people, yeah. building, yeah. building healthy networks, not for your own selfish gain of marketing or being able, or even just being able to pay off the cover artist, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. but like, but just, you know, building a community of people of like-minded people, you know, and that's, yeah that's what'll like really carry you through when you get into trouble because whether it's social media trouble, which is like a phantom trouble or, you know, it's like you're stuck on something. Well, if you're stuck on something, maybe you can call, you know, maybe you can call Jay and she'll have some great advice for how to like, you know, get you to actually make this thing worth your time. (laughs) Oh yeah. Cause it gets so frustrating. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But it's better than traditional. (laughs) Being rejected a hundred times, but you're rejected no matter what. That's so important to remember is that you will be rejected, you know, whether it's traditionally published, you know, that rejection or just there's people that are going to not like your stuff, you know, and that's okay. And And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. You know, you're writing it for the people that do, you know, and that's, you have to find your audience. That's very important. Um, and this is one thing, and he's probably watching this, but my oldest brother, <laughs> we have this argument all the time because I'm like, who is your audience? And he's like, it really is everyone, but it's not everyone. It's not everyone. <laughs> and you're marketing to your audience. There's, yeah, a- there's a potential for everyone, but the reality is there is a subset of people that, you know, that are immediately on board. They're waiting at the station to board your train, Yes, you know? Yeah. And like, and you can definitely draw more people in. There's enough room on the train for everybody, but your audience, at least in the beginning, is always going to be just a certain amount of people, a cluster of people who are just like, they're there waiting for it. You know, they're, they're hungry for whatever it is. Um, Dancing with ourselves is so awesome, by the way. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) It's so much fun to listen to. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Do you do all the booking for all of that? Do you like handle all the back of house stuff? Yep. Yep. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. And I edit. Yeah, I edit this the show. Oh, Do you really? Wow. Nice. Man, yeah. you're regimented in your time, Jay. That's amazing. Uh, I'm also, you know, just I don't have any other job. Like you guys work. <laughs> like you know, uh, fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah. It's yeah. Great. That's fair. Those are eight so, hours of time that you have that, you know, I don't. In yeah. it, at least for a yeah. you know, five days in a week. Right. But uh that does not give me the excuse to not do these things. Yeah, it's never an excuse. You know, I still have to do these yeah. things. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. have to find the margin and do yeah. it. Yeah. That's- oh. Well it's not gonna take eight hours to market. You know, that mostly. And then I just take a small that's good time to zone in on the marketing. 
you know, if you if you spend 30 minutes a day, that's not even not even 30 minutes. Yeah. If you spend 20 minutes a day every day, you know, yeah. um, and you don't even have to do it. There's you can Google and see um, nobody's on the Internet on Saturday. You know, they don't even don't even. Interesting. Oh. Really? You know, like Saturday during the day. Nobody yeah. Knows. Yeah, I rarely am. Actually. Yeah, I guess so. Everybody's either out having fun or out running errands. They couldn't run because it was the work week. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so book three is out. Right. This is book one. Book three came out today, live today on Amazon, which is super exciting. Do you already have book four written or are you in the process of writing that? Eight chapters in. Eight it's chapters. So awesome. Cool. Yeah. You said seven <laughs> books, right? Seven books in your series, mm -hmm. at least as of right now. Yep. Every book cool. has the theme of an ancestor. So Daughter of Eve has the theme of uh, Queen Eve. Um, and she's like the wise queen. They've mm -hmm. all been. Oh, geez, I'm going to give it all away. But um, <laughs> we've all been, like, rescued from a former life, you know? And um, so she's gone from, like, something to being super wise. And um, her warm-mouth friend, like, her warm-mouth helper, who she's passed down to Maggie, is Magnus, the flying pig. Okay. And she is um, head of Iron Snout House, you know? So in, um, it, well, nobody knows. But in Emily, it's all a replica of Brumbletide. And so they're the Iron Snout. And then um, the second book is Brumbletide, The Changing of the Crowns, and that is Sarah Lisa's house. And she's like the, the queen of beauty and, and parties, mm -hmm. and her war mouth is the panther, the winged panther. Okay. And she is um, – oh, they each have a, a class as well in the academy. So Eve's is called Non-Common Sense. That's the name of the <laughs> <Okay>. class. <laughs> cool. It's called Non-Common Sense. And then uh, Sarah Lisa's is um, Disposition. And then um, the the third book that came out today is uh, Triad Champion, and that's King George. He's the the champion, and he um, loves hunting and weapons and um, sports, cool. you know, and and that kind of thing. And his house is the champion house. So. What okay. a lad! Nice, <laughs> a lad. He's what a, a total he was a lad. lad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Right. Sounds like Prince Henry back when he was cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, where can people get your books? Amazon, Amazon, uh, just search Brumbletide and they'll come up. Awesome. So. Do you run ads for your books? Do you do Amazon uh, advertising at all? Uh, no, I heard you talking about it. I was watching your show the other day and you were talking about how you market your one book. You do a, a ad on Yeah, I pretty much, yeah, Amazon. pretty much just market the first book. As far as running yeah. an ads, I'll, I'll just run ads for the first book. And, uh, you know, if it's solid, you know, if people enjoy it, they'll be good read through there. And there typically is. But yeah. um, so that even <laughs> just doing that, it's barely worth it. Barely. It used to be a lot better. Yeah, I think sure. after it's COVID. so saturated right now yeah. with self-published authors because of COVID, because of the lockdown. A lot of people thought, oh, now's the time I'm going to write my book. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. I'm locked yeah. down. And they wrote their book. They jumped on the platform. They flooded it. Yeah. And now you're. You know, you get you get charged every time someone clicks on a keyword uh, that you would put in your ad, and the cost of the keywords when someone clicks on it has gone through the. I mean, you, it's it's ridiculous wow. to be competitive. It's to get a click on your book based on the keyword that's searching. Uh, it's an average of seventy five to a dollar, seventy five cents to a dollar per click. Oh. So you better hope yeah. they buy, otherwise you can kiss your royalty goodbye. Yeah. yeah so awful. it's uh, 
Yeah, it's it is tough. And they just uh, Amazon just announced that traditionally published books are now eligible for advertising. So now you're going to have the big houses coming in, dumping hundreds of thousands of dollars dumping into major the latest James into Patterson book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, great. You know, jacking up the keyword costs even more. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 that yeah, is something to so remember, good. though, that there is very successful traditionally published books that are so horrible. Yeah. Yeah. That is oh, true. yeah. Yeah. There's some awful books. Awful. So yeah. even if, even let's say there were delusional and our books suck. Okay. Uh-huh. There's worse books that have been successful. <laughs> yeah, it's called American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Oh, I didn't watch it. I, I was just I watched a couple yeah. episodes of the series. I mean, I haven't seen the show. The show has Ian McShane in it, and I love Ian McShane because of Deadwood. But like, but I read that book about 18 years ago, and I hated oh. it. I it actually made me want to stop being friends with the guy who recommended it. <laughs> Oh wow, that's hilarious. I didn't recommend it, did I? No. It wasn't me, was it? You're still here, aren't <laughs> okay, you? Good. Yeah. We're sitting next to each other, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. You think we make enough money off of this for me to like, you know, stick around with that's Mr. So Goodreads over here? <laughs> yeah, I was telling my mom today something Anna did, um, like yeah. whining. And she's in the back seat and she goes, Mom, why are you telling her that? I have ears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right I here, mom. Ears. <laughs> so good. I know. That's so cute. <laughs> How old is she? Six. Uh, she'll be six. Uh, September twelfth. September twelfth. Oh, that's cute. Awesome. Man, that like awesome. five to eight range. That is, I think that's my favorite range. I, I got a bunch of nieces and nephews yeah. and everything, and I I always it's adore so that range because it is. It's just the most fun. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's it's cute. such a it's such a cute range. Um, so cute. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, so if there's one, if you could pick. Uh, probably last couple questions, I guess. Yeah, sure. Because we're kind of cresting the two-hour mark. This has been awesome, by the way. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for so it. much Thanks time. So much for time. having me. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. If there's one theme that you want people to take away from the Brumbletide series, what would that be? Um, examine the establishment. Nice. Okay. Mm. You are someplace that you are being treated like royalty and all of the focus is on yourself and those around you and, um, and, and, and a utopia, there's something beneath it all. Yeah. <laughs> and it's probably wicked. So that's, <laughs> yeah. man, that's, that's true. Leave my mm-hmm. is, you that's know, good. I'm in your establishment, whether it's college, whether it's, church you know see what's beneath it all uh-huh the job or the talent scout who comes and finds you in the bookstore you know or the photographer who just wants to take some headshots you know yep and maybe i was thinking you into a movie star even know? if you're a self-published author you think or you're thinking about becoming a self-published author and you're you know wanting to be a writer sure. and you can't choose which path you're going to take traditional or self-published you don't know mm-hmm. look at the establishment yeah. What just, are you about? Examine yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. you know, because you will have to draw a line. Yeah. As to what you believe. Yeah. And you're gonna have to draw it real quick if you take the traditional route. Dave Chappelle talked about that. He said, you know, that was why he left. Is that 
you know, his father gave him that advice when his career started taking off that, uh, you know, he was like, look, name your price. You're going to, you know, because someday somebody's going to ask you to do something you don't want to do and you're going to have to have a price for that, you know, yeah, and sure. name your price. What's your cap? You know, mm, it's good. And yeah, when you're being treated by the establishment like your royalty, you know, what are they after? You know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, yep. Yeah. And well, especially with that, you're not, you're going to be asked to do something you don't want to do. Why are we even yeah. doing what we're doing? You know, mm -hmm. I love stories, but I could write stories and not do anything with them. You know what I mean? Like if it's just yeah. to write stories, but no, yeah. we want to make a difference. Make a know, difference. We want people we want to make it. Everybody has an agenda. I've said this before. Everyone has an agenda with their work. You know, if you're yeah. publishing something, agenda. The people in the bookstores, they have an agenda for your child or for whoever is reading. You know, there's always an underlying something. Nobody's just writing a story and publishing it just because they thought this was some cool things that I can write down on paper. Like, do you yeah. know any anyone like that? This just like. Yeah. No, you know, nope, no. Thought, I'm going to share with you. You know, everyone has an agenda. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so, everybody's got an objective. Yes. Yeah. And and ours is to point people to Christ, or to. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, for us three, it is. You know, even even with the timepiece series. You know, but yeah. I think that's the yeah. best way. You said meet them where they're at, and me and Nick were talking about cuss words. You know, it's like a lot of parents don't want their kid with any cuss words at all and it's like cuss words are so the least of our worries <laughs> the no, least right yeah you know yeah. um yeah. when they're teaching abortion to children maybe like you know a dirty word sure. is maybe small potatoes <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah and meet them where they're fry. at you know like when when i was a child you know not in church you know married with children family i mean cuss words were part of life you know right. And if a yeah. child is reading about this, like, pristine, you know, it does not connect with them, you, you know? That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's really true. Yeah. So, and how are they? People, yeah, it's not going to feel real to them. Yeah. You don't have to yeah. drag them through the mud. But, I mean, just something to connect your reader yeah. to your protagonist and to your story. You know, yeah. we love to see ourselves in a story. I know yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. I want to be an Empyrean. So cool with scandal. <laughs> no chick angels. Sorry, Jay. Ah, so <laughs> weird. My I know, name I'm is sorry. Like, <laughs> 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 there's at least one in there you would be a good simulacrum for. We'll, you know, I'll, let, I'll let you know when you get to him. You know? okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, well, I understand that perspective on the use of cuss words. Um, I diverge from that opinion a little bit. Um, I think that for a middle grade audience, uh, middle graders and children are not the ones buying their own books. Their parents are. Yeah. The parents are making the decision as to what to buy. And the parents want to feel they want to feel like they made a good, wholesome decision for their kid because they know their kids already being exposed to all those influences. They're hearing all those words. They want to give their child something that they feel like they're not contributing to the morass yeah. Of language, your ch the children are swimming in when they go to school. So when they make a choice, they want to give some something to their kids that doesn't have that. Um, 
And so I try to write that for that group. I don't want there to be those words in there, that type of language in there. But that doesn't mean it can't be engaging in a fantastic tale that takes them away unless their imagination soar. You don't have to have language for a child to get lost in a fantasy world. Narnia is a great example of that. Harry Potter is actually a really great example of that. Um, I, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Yes. It's my job to prepare my children for the world, but my job is not to do it by intentionally giving license for them to find entertainment in the things of the world. Um, that's just me. That's just me. That's good advice. That is good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that their parents are buying the book for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, the kids are reading it, but I'm not marketing it to the kids. Yeah. It's the parents. Not that's, the book. Yeah. yeah. That's what's so unique about middle grade. You don't get this in any other genre. Uh, that's true. You are writing for one audience, but marketing to the other, yeah. the, the parent, and the grandparent. And I don't know. And I'm, and I am not really doing much marketing to any of them. <laughs> That's my problem. That's what I need to do. But there is that that weird dichotomy of reader and purchaser, and they're completely two different. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Two different uh, sets of people, right there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. I didn't think about that. But you're right. Yeah. Oh, well, we are excited gosh. for you. I, we are excited for your series. Three books down, already writing number four. Yeah. Um, and again, thank you for sharing us, sharing your books with us, and sharing your time. And uh, can't wait to see more of promotion, like uh, of of your books on uh, Instagram, of course. Uh, tell people where they, they can find you. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all J. Reese Bradley. Um, I'm, I just started doing stuff with my YouTube channel. <laughs> And that's Jay Reese. That's going to be so well. fun. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's all I'm really on. I'm really into Twitter and Instagram. Okay. And so, I'm on social media too much. So. so those are your two? <laughs> yeah, your two. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of an addict, so all of them. But but yeah, for sure, Twitter. Twitter is. You so like easy. it. You enjoy it, don't you? You enjoy Twitter? I do enjoy Twitter. Yeah, I know you yeah. don't enjoy Twitter, but I didn't. Have I good. I just it. didn't have good experiences. I didn't really. I, I you didn't. might have to teach us. We we'll get you back, and you can give us a symposium course on how to enjoy and use Twitter effectively. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, we yeah. could both benefit from a Jerry's Bradley course. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be the first to admit there's a lot I don't know about social media. Uh, I can't speak to whether or not Twitter is a good platform to try to sell middle grade fan, uh, middle grade fiction. Um, I don't know. All I know about Twitter is that I got on there during the 2020 election season, wow. shot my mouth off and got canceled instantly. They shut me down. No. Uh, oh, yeah, wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I, I, exchanged, I opened my mouth. I exchanged feet and I got on a different platform. <laughs> wow. Oh, gosh. Yeah, all of us made mistakes in 2020, that's for sure. Oh, my gosh. That's when I was like, I'm going to stop caring about what other people think about my post. (laughs) Smart. Yeah, smart move. 
Jay Reese Bradley, author of the Brumbletide series. The first book is called Brumbletide and the Daughter of Eve. The second book, what's the name of the second book real quick? Brumbletide and the Changing of the Crowns. Changing of the, the Changing of the Crowns. And then the third book is Brumbletide and the Triad of Champions. Triad Champion. And the yeah. Triad Champion, yes. Awesome. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter at where she is the master of social media compared to us because we're so afraid of Twitter. Uh, and YouTube as well. She just started a YouTube channel. Check out her books on Amazon. We are delighted to count her as uh, not only a friend, but also the first honorary Gosling That's right. uh, for our Patreon. And uh, she's a big fan of Nick's books. I am delighted that Nick finally has a fan. Because, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, no, okay. Speaking of that, speaking of that, join Jonathan and I and Jay Reese Bradley. Yeah. Go to patreon.com forward slash the Gosling. Sign up. You'll get exclusive videos. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff. We're actually creating some unique stuff. I mean, even tonight, we're coming up with some more yeah. fun things that we're going to share with our, our patrons. Uh, yeah. Sign up there. We do a live Discord chat every month. Uh, of yep. course, you get the exclusive content. And uh, there are other perks in there as well. Plus, you can call yourself a Gosling and get some discounts on these really cool T-shirts. Yeah, oh, these sweet T-shirts. And Jay, you're a, since you're a Patreon member and you're in the Discord chat, uh, once a month, if time allows, you will be there as well, correct? Yes, I loved yeah. it. That was so funny because fun. um, you talked to us. You talked <laughs> yeah. to us. And yeah. so I thought I was just going to be doing like watching you on the chat, live stream. Chat. And so oh, you yeah. went, hey. And I went, can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Yes, absolutely. It was awesome, though. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. It was so cool. and, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And this it is, fun. and this is Jay in, you know, in like, non-broadcast form like this is not you know jay's exuberance jay's you know bright shiny disposition is not uh that's not a persona uh in psychological terms that yep. is that is absolutely who she is yep. all the time yep. and uh and it has to be because no one else would have that much energy to keep <laughs> to keep that up if it weren't yeah. genuine you know right so and i can't sell anything i hate or yeah, right yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you know it's genuine. Otherwise, I'm we're just very not going to talk about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's awesome. We're that's very, awesome. we're very humbled and honored and flattered. And uh, we love Jay. We love Jay's books. Her stuff is awesome. Uh, thank you. And we are going to have to have you back. Um, I, we should have some time in, uh, I think, either October or November. We, um, uh, yeah, we might be able to get you back pretty soon. So yep. around right. too, yep. a lot of fun. Yep. So, all awesome. right. Well, it's good to talk again. Thank you for uh, being on, and uh, we'll catch you. I guess we'll catch you on Instagram. Yeah, get oh, ready because yeah. I'm going to start posting stuff, and it's going to be obnoxious. No, <laughs> it's going to be. I'm not. I'm. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to put. I got I'm, a plan. You told me yeah. exactly what to do. We're going to do a whole <laughs> relaunch. A relaunch. I, I really need to. I need to. We're, I really need you to. You are. You're going. <laughs> I like it. Yes. This is what Nick needs. Yeah, this, this is, is what I need. Exactly right. Exactly right. Awesome. Jay, you're a diamond. We love you, kid. Yeah, Thank you. It's so fun. Thank you so much for having me. No, you this bet. is awesome. You bet. Have a good rest of your Sunday. All right. All right see you later. Bye. How cool is that? Man, she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she's a lot of fun. She's awesome, man. Jay Reese Bradley, everybody. Jay Reese Bradley. I still wanted to ask her. We'll get her back, but I wanted to ask her um, uh, what her interest in dark fairy tales was, and I wanted to ask her um, what uh, if like her OCD helps her more than it hurts her as an artist, mm. as, an, as as an author, you mm. know? Because yeah, 
I know I know what that feels like as an ADHD slash OCD kid. Yeah, you have my heart the goes struggle's out real. To you. Yeah, the struggle is real. Yeah, for real. Yeah. I know exactly yeah. what it's like. But man, awesome interview. Yeah, that's a that great, great interview. She was really fun and engaging to talk to. Yeah. Um, let me do this before we uh, end the live yeah, stream. Yeah, we got to jump off. I got to do this, the obligatory, but ever so important, take up the broken finger and strike down the subscribe button and hit the button and then uh, comment I subscribed or set, you know, make a yeah, comment. Yeah, let us know. We will reply to you. We will yeah. respond to you. But really help us right now. It's really important right now because I don't know if you looked, but as of yesterday, our subscriber number was six six six. Uh oh. So we need your help, guys. We need uh -oh. your help. Don't leave us here. Don't, don't tell leave Gary us Wayne. Yeah, don't 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 leave us at six six six, guys. We need your help. Yeah. Please. If you're the one that gets us over that hump, comment and let us know because you have <laughs> saved the show. Yeah, you have saved us from the devil's curse. You have obliterated the omen. We're in the devil's the interval right now. <laughs> That's the devil's interval. We're in the devil's what interval. It is. Dun, exactly. Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. Yeah. Get but, us out. But you can find us on YouTube, Rumble, Spotify, uh, and Patreon forward slash the patreon.com forward slash the Goslings. Yeah. Sign up. Yeah. We post and stuff uh, on that throughout the week. We'd love to stay in touch with you guys. It's so fun. Yeah. Uh, and Nick and I, you know, Nick and I operate a lot of this at a loss. Um, and uh, it'll probably be a loss for a long time. But if you enjoy it, if you find this, you know, through either, you know, searching for Gary Wayne or Derek Gilbert or Jay Reese Bradley or Stephen Pressfield, you know, or any of the other amazing people that we've interviewed, if you like this, become a Patreon member so that honestly, like Nick and I would prefer to do this full time. You know? I'd love to do this all the time. Yeah, I'd love to do a video. Nick and I have week, day jobs, couple videos a week. I mean, yeah, if he could get to that point, we'd do it. We'd bring the heat. We'd bring you all yeah. the uh, interview. We just need the. We just need more time. We need. There's some equipment things we need and so forth. You know, we need a producer. We, we need, need some camera switching. We've yeah. talked about a lot of things we need. Anyway, that's all boring stuff to you guys. But that said, becoming a Patreon member helps us make the show better. And yeah. bring you more content and more interviews, and yeah. that's what we want to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's five bucks a month, and we got a ton of stuff that it's we're a cup willing of coffee. to throw at you. It's a yeah. cup of coffee. It's a cup yeah. of Starbucks coffee. Not that I'd give that company my money. Yeah, but uh, but it's a cup. It's a cup of nice coffee. Give me a nice coffee. Don't go into <laughs> none of that Folgers crap. Okay. <laughs> give, give me some of that. No, give me, no give me, a, that, give me that Dunkachino. Yeah, none of that. <laughs> I'm like the king of Duncan. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, help us out as best you can. We really appreciate it. And uh, we hope to see you guys there uh, next week. Do we have anything lined up for next week? We sure. might. Um, we might have. Uh, oh, wait, no, the 28th. Uh, no, negative. Don't. We don't have anything lined up for the 28th. Okay. I am going to be uh, indisposed. I'm going to be out of pocket gotcha. that Sunday. Uh, it'll be a nice break for us, though, because uh, there is potential that every Sunday, from now until November is booked. Yeah. So um, a we big line up for you guys. We have a huge lineup through September. Um, we might have the first Sunday of September off or we might do a solo stream. There's also the possibility of the return of Ginger Patriot. So that would be amazing. That's going to be great. And then September 11th, we're going to have Derek Gilbert and Gary and Wayne, Gary Wayne. Yep. on at the same time. So it's you, be huge. Yeah. Dude, on September 11th. Amazing. You want to watch that. Um, and then we have some other people lined up. Roxana is coming back to talk about the map for Empyrean Falling that she made. Um, we're going to have some other cool people between uh, now and then. 
Um, and then Stephen Pressfield uh, just confirmed earlier today that he is going to be available for the first fireside chats with Uncle Steve yeah. on October 23rd. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that might be Patreon exclusive content. It might, might not. Be, we're going to put that under review. Uh, we're going to have Ryan Peterson on. I believe that's October 2nd or the 9th. One of those two. I can't remember which one. I think it's the ninth that we have yeah. Ryan Peterson, uh, the author of The Nephilim Judgment yeah. and The Final Nephilim. Yeah. Uh, awesome, awesome book. I'm about a third of the way through it. It is so solid. He makes so many brilliant points. I can't wait to hit. I got so many questions for him. <laughs> uh, and then on October 30th, yeah, Halloween weekend. Halloween, baby. We got something special lined up for you guys. Yeah. Courtesy of Jay Reese Bradley. Yes. She's the one who connected us on this. I'm yes. telling you, she's killer. Yes. And we will announce what that is, first of all, in our Patreon page. Our patients will know yeah. who we're going to be talking to and what that'll be about. But it is relative to or relevant to Halloween weekend. It's going to yeah. be spooky. It's going to be awesome. Spooky. So we got a lot of great things lined up, guys. And yeah. uh, appreciate y'all watching. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if there's anything else I have to say. I think I did all the things. Did we got I do all the things on Teespring. Yeah. T-shirts. So you can get these amazing T-shirts. Okay. Interviews of Strike Down in the Darkness. Yeah, there's so many cool logos. We've come up with some really yep. fun stuff. Um, we need to make that Stephen Pressfield uh, shirt live. Oh, that yeah. one. He said we could do that. Yeah, because he yeah, said yeah. we could do. It. We made like a special for our last interview. We uh, to promote uh, his new book. Put your ass where your heart wants to be. We've made yep. like a special t-shirt with his title around our logo you know yep. and uh, with his name at the bottom so if you're a fan of stephen pressfields and you're a fan of the goslings like you should probably tag up on one of those t-shirts you should you and should. Uh, i wear these i actually like no joke i wear these every day as my undershirts yeah like awesome. everywhere i go I wear a polo or a button-up shirt yeah over them. Well, these are the really super soft tri-blends yeah the tri-blend they're super comfortable oh, they're, they're the best. i'm not kidding by the way like i really do wear these all the time i literally have like one other shirt that I wear underneath my collared shirts. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's like a dry fit shirt that like you can't wear and you can wear it in Walmart because you can wear anything in Walmart. But you know, you want to do one last shout out uh, to our unofficial in kind sponsor? Yes, I do. We did not mention this at the beginning. I want to mention it now. You've seen these mugs the whole time we've been doing this show that we've been drinking out of. These are these Spartan Kothon mugs made by Joel Cherico of Cherico Pottery. Uh, CherricoPottery.com, C-H-E-R-R-I-C-O, I believe. It's either two R's or two C's. It's two R's. Two, two R's, R's and one C. Yep. Yeah, C-H-E-R-R-I-C-O, Pottery.com. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. He made these specifically um, in conjunction with uh, Stephen Pressfield's right. latest novel, A Man at Arms. Yep. Kind of inspired by, I would say inspired by Gates of Fire, but really it was really inspired by an actual historical account. Uh, was it Plutarch? Who I can't it? remember. I can't remember who it was. Um, so historically based, very well made, beautiful. Uh, he makes these in limited batches. So, uh, but we love him. And um, he sent us some. He has been incredibly kind. Uh, very, very industrious. He works all the time. Yep. And his stuff is super cool. Yep. Um, Jericho Pottery. Yeah. Check him out. Jericho check Pottery. Him out. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, let's see, is there anything else? Let's give a shout out to the people who are on the chat. My yeah. lovely wife, uh, Rayana Goss, yeah. was on Homeschool. Rayana Goss, thank you for that. Um, and also, 
Mama Shaw OC, which I believe is a friend of Jay Reese's. Yeah, thanks, I'm not Mama sure Shaw. who else is watching. Uh, Michael we had, Lombardo. Yeah, Michael Lomb uh, Lombardo was watching as well. Adam dropped in. Adam, thank you. Yeah, Adam's um, our narrator. Adam, the man. And it's still like our little view counter thing up here says that there's still a couple people watching. <laughs> uh, if we haven't, they fell asleep. It, you, they might be. I right? have that effect on people. Uh, we do put people to sleep, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you guys. <laughs> Me, thanks for hanging like... in there with us. And, uh, you know, again, comments, we'll be happy to reply. Uh, yeah. But just want to give you a shout out for hanging with us on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's been a blast. Yeah. It's this been, a has been a lot of fun. Yeah. We, We've been uh, we've been angling for this with Jay for probably it was a fast friendship. I think uh, we started talking to Jay like maybe three weeks or yeah, a month ago. Weeks, about three weeks ago. And um, she's great, man. She fits right in. Can't so, wait for a new YouTube thing. That's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be cool. So we're going to be on her channel at some point and then we got to get her back. So she is dynamite. Rumble Tide and the daughter of Eve, Jay Reese Bradley. Check it out on Amazon and then go follow her on Instagram and we will, I guess, reconvene at a later date. <laughs> we'll see you guys in probably week after next. That's yeah. what we're shooting for. But we'll be in touch. Oh, we got one more. We got one more uh, comment here. Uh, let's see. Oh, Mama oh, Shose joining the Patreon right now. Awesome. Oh, Shout nice. out to you, our newest you, patron. You're amazing. Yeah, we'll be connecting you. with you on Patreon. You are awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, we greatly awesome, appreciate awesome. it. That Welcome aboard. Welcome thank to the you. Goslings. Welcome to the gospel. Very, very cool. Well, <laughs> you guys have a fantastic week. Yep. Uh, go forth. Strike down the darkness. I'm Jonathan. I'm Nick. And we are the... Well, that's it for this episode, guys. We would love it if you tell your friends about the show. Maybe leave us a good review. And also consider becoming an honorary Gosling. An official exclusive membership to the Gosling gets you exclusive access to interviews and conversations that we can't have on YouTube. Plus, you'll get free digital downloads of some of our books and excerpts and writing. Uh, also, and check this out, you get to participate in a live monthly Discord chat with us. Uh, we do this once a month now. Um, all this plus more if you join our community on Patreon for just $5 a month. I mean, that's nothing. $5 a month, it's a cup of coffee. So go to patreon.com forward slash the goslings and sign up today. Thanks for listening. Now go forth and strike down the darkness. <laughs>